all of our <laughs> listeners in Italy will be writing in. I just want to say, um, let's talk about it. Okay? I've mm. been to your fair country, and I found it uh, beautiful and delicious. Uh, I ate your country. I drank the milkshake. <laughs> I didn't know Italy was known for milkshakes. <laughs> no, they're not. It was a real annoying thing for all the people there, because I would go up to one of the uh, gelato stands, and I would be like, make me a milkshake. <laughs> this is way before <laughs> there will be uh, blood came out. So I was doing just like, uh, I, one might say that I invented the, the Daniel Plainview character um, on my quest for <laughs> liquefied gelato. <laughs> There will be milkshake. <laughs> uh, you see, you you put the gelato in a blender, and then I drink it. I drink it up. I drink your gelato milkshake. <laughs> I'm not allowed to go back to Italy anymore. <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga. One, two pop scares ya presents to you. Three, four, a dream world filled with gore. Five, six, an ending song recorded by Dawkins, not Sticks. Seven, eight, that's right, it's a nightmare on Elm Street. Three, the dream warriors couldn't find anything to rhyme with eight. Nine, ten, after listening to this, you'll never sleep again. I am your host, John Cade. My dream warrior ability is to be really strong, but always put into solitary confinement. And I am joined by Forrest, the wizard master. Forrest? <laughs> Thanks, How John Cade. <laughs> in here I can walk uh, that was sad I don't know if you know why I said that <laughs> why did you say it that way I was going to come at you and be like oh man he's like Casey Kasem like hey John welcome to you know, Dream Warriors I'm Casey Kasem I only have one nerd voice and uh, yeah you just heard it and it was that it was like a very Casey Kasem like I wish it was Casey uh, more Casey Kasem like because then it wouldn't be my voice it would be the the wonderful sounds of uh casey Kasem um instead of me and that would be great but no it's uh it's just my it's my will voice well <laughs> yeah, will. i got a really sad backstory <laughs> we're we're counting down the top 15 terrible backstories i'm will <laughs> and my story is sad this is the first time you saw uh I guess either Nightmare on Elm Street or even a Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream. Well, Warriors. I yes, that's the yes Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors. I I saw uh, 
you know, I actually don't remember when I, uh, the first time I saw this was because I didn't really see a lot of Freddy movies when I was uh, younger. That I kind of came to those fairly late. Um, I think partially because I'm sort of a famous chicken when it comes to <laughs> scary movies. I don't like being startled <laughs> in life, and I don't like being startled on the silver screen. And so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I kind of avoided uh, a lot of scary movies when I was a uh, when I was a kid. I kind of like I avoided them in in general. But then you know inevitably you would be at a friend's house or or you know you would be up late and the babysitter would have passed out and you end up being like you see the cable versions of of these movies. But I saw um, the first night Marilyn Elm Street. I think when I was in my twenties. Like, so damn. It, yeah, but it was I just mean, cool to sort of... I mean, you're aware, being a kid in the 80s, of Freddy. Like, everybody knows Freddy. He was such a crazy pop culture uh, icon. Uh, you couldn't not know about him. He was, like, in commercials and, you know, referenced everywhere. So Multiple songs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so many, so many good ones. It's time for Freddy. See, I'm a popular guy. If you don't know yet, you're gonna find out why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like fun. that, like yeah. that from the Fat Boys. Yeah, even even there's a, you know, Will Smith did a version of it. You know, uh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, so he was everywhere. So it was impossible everywhere. not to be sort of saturated with this movie, even though I didn't see it until you know. Uh, much later um but how about you i'm sure you have uh you have a, a a bit of a more satisfying origin story yeah so the first time i saw it was uh two weeks ago <laughs> no <laughs> i like you was terrorized by the uh, dream master early on no i must have dude i know i saw a nightmare on elm street Oh, probably way too young. Um, probably like five, because I know it came. The original one came out in, in nine uh, eighty four. <laughs> five. Yeah, because we used to sit and watch. Like you know, if people had like a VHS or something like that, we would go over to their house and just watch movies, whether it be scary movies or not. Like I've seen, uh, you know, the <laughs> this is Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, five. It's got to be like five or six. Um, I know I saw Dream Warriors when we had a uh, cable. Same with uh, Part Two, uh, but the first one I remember seeing it because my uh, uh, stepbrother would use Freddy to terrorize my young ass. Like, well, if you don't go to sleep, Freddy's coming for you. Now, like, isn't that like when he comes for you? This <laughs> shouldn't I be staying up? Yeah, like this seems po- counterintuitive to how he his uh, Freddy's modus operandi. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was really young. I we used to watch him, you know, constantly. I used to watch tons of horror movies, even when I was terrified. You know, always looking out the window, waiting to see if there's a creepy like silhouette staring at me or something. It would probably That's awesome. explain. Yeah, it probably explains a lot about me actually. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know, maybe. Um, <laughs> and I guess we should also mention, 
that um, this is number two, the second part of our month-long series um, uh, uh, of scary movies. We're celebrating the month of Halloween by changing the podcast into the much spookier pop scares ya. Um, and so uh, we'll be doing this is the just number two, but we're gonna be hitting um, not all of the not all of the the Titans of the horror genre, I would say, but um, some of the big ones. And um, hi Zelda. Oh wow, you are annoyed <laughs> at something. <laughs> not a fan of Freddy, huh? Well, I can't. Uh, I can't blame blame her. She she voted for Cujo, of course. Yeah, and, that, that uh, one. I was like, no, I won't watch Cujo again. That's, mm. It's it's real. It's not scary. It's a dog with rabies. The end. Like yeah. a big dog with rabies. So, sure. Like it's not a demon dog. You know, it's not a hound from hell. It's just a dog that you know got bit by a bat and should have just been treated appropriately instead of ignored yeah. by their owners so it's really a cautionary tale more than anything sorry yeah, yeah totally <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean don't let your dog go near um a bat uh unless it's bats batman's dog yeah, and like, in which case, I think those probably guys, those he maybe he's got he's he's up on his rabies shots though. Give your oh. give your dog all your shots. Make sure your dog is uh, up to date on all its immunity shots because uh, a lot of scary stuff out there, including rabies. Yeah, from bats. Yeah, not brought yeah, to you by I mean, We're just lousy with bats over here. Yeah, are you? I. I oh yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 L.A. If it's known for one thing. It's known for its bad problem. <laughs> Come to LA. We've we've got surfing and snowboarding an hour away, and so many bats. Oh my God, you guys! We're filthy with them. We're really- lousy with bats. LA lousy with bats. <laughs> Brought to you by the LA Board of Tourism. <laughs> Brought to you by the. <laughs> L.A. Board of Bats. <laughs> Brought to you by the L.A. Board of Vampires. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, bats. I mean, yeah, uh, bats. not bats. Uh, tourism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bat tourism. Wait a minute. God damn it. In the commercial already. Take your neck out and come <laughs> to L.A. Enjoy the nightlife. But rest during the day. It rhymes, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. You're 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 fine, Dracula. You're fine. These, these lines are gold. <laughs> I'm gonna put this one on TikTok. <laughs> I tried to do the mirror gag, but I have no reflection. It's just a it's just a paper towel going back and forth. <laughs> oh, what's this? Oh, it's a raw pork chop. I must be off. Later, Drac. He's, uh, I think, you know, at first I was kind of upset that he kept stopping by, um, but he's got to be the politest drop-in we've had so far, so I want to say open door to Dracula's. <laughs> no, no, not to Dracula's. <laughs> yeah, you yep. never want to open door to Dracula's, just that Dracula. 
Oh, darn. And I guess since I did it on the podcast, they are just free to enter my house. That that whole threshold rule does not apply. I've just invited all the Draculas in. Yeah, now you're going to well, get the Dracula from be... Blade 3. <laughs> yeah, well, listen. I don't know. That'd be fine. I feel like he's just a big rubber suit, and he, and he kind of uh, goes down like a chump, so... I mean, okay, Let's okay. Bring him on. Okay, Blade. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm at best. I'm the guy. I'm one of the the young uh, dipshits who keeps betraying him. <laughs> oh, so you're not keeps... even like the Ryan Reynolds, or? Uh... Oh no, no, heck no. <laughs> what is that? The... What did he play in that movie, Hannibal? Yeah, yeah, Hannibal King. Yep. Yeah, he sucked. Or he really just played his audition tape for Deadpool. Yeah, and not even the good Deadpool. He played his audition tape for the uh, the the Wade Wilson he played in the the Wolverine Origins movie. Ooh, oh, holy crap! Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah, it's like, but I mean, like, who's laughing now, right? He he gets to make fun of himself and. Uh, roll around on his uh, mattress made of, of uh, bullion. Like chicken or pork bullion? Or are you talking money? <laughs> You're talking, talking money. money. God, I always get confused. Sorry. Gold bullion. But there's some pork and chicken in there, too. Just for yeah, the aromatics. For, yeah, you got it. You just gold stinks. Yeah. No. That's what people don't tell you. Fort Knox fucking smells terrible. Yeah, it reeks. It just reeks. All right. Yeah, that, that, that's what Goldfinger was gonna there to do. He's going to blow up all that stinky gold. He's like, it's gold. No, I was doing gold member. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do gold member's voice. It's just sort of like, a, is he like... I don't know. I, I don't know anything about him anymore. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Well, um, with good reason. Yeah, but we're not talking about James Bond today, although I'm sure we will at one, some point, but uh, we're talking instead about uh, this this very not... It's not very scary. The movie's not very scary, but it is kind of kind of scary. This kind of scary movie... Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Dream Warriors. We're a dream warriors. Yep, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the movie. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, nightmare um, on theme song. Yeah, well, they, the worst part is they didn't even play in the theme song. Like it plays at the end, and it's got some of the wackiest lyrics. Yeah, I was quite surprised. Um, I was quite surprised. Actually, many things uh, about this movie surprised me. And uh, I was... First thing, let's start with the first thing. It's, it surprised me that this movie came out in 1987. I remember it being older for some reason, but I don't know why. Let's let's jump in on into it. Um, yeah, let's do it. 
and uh, talk about this new nightmare. So, um, first off, I always love when I see that New Line logo. When I was a kid, I, have, I know I've mentioned this before, but when I saw that New Line logo, I know something edgy was next. Yeah, it's in that what, a, a red font. So, red font, black background, so it's even a little Oh, yeah, more edgy so you know it's spooky. Yeah. New Line. Well, first, it, you have that cool, like, 3D animated, um, like, uh, like, the thing that makes the little film strip that is the the new line logo and i'm sure that was done later but um it's very much like cool yeah <laughs> i want to see nudity or gore probably new line yeah it's it's very much it, it new line there's very few like uh film companies that when you see their logo makes you think of what you're going to see really like you see TriStar it could be anything or Paramount it could be anything but with New Line you're like okay what what's the color of the logo we're <laughs> in for some shit or like yeah. Canon you see the Canon logo you're like oh we're gonna watch something wacky let's yeah. go it's gonna be nuts um and then it yeah Sorry, go, go ahead, ahead. No, no, go ahead. You, you I was just going to talk about that shitty Edgar Allan Poe quote that was at the start. Man, I was I didn't really remember a lot of that about this movie, and when I saw that at the start, I was like, "Uh oh." <laughs> well, you know why it's shitty? There's another layer of shittiness. Oh yeah, please go ahead. It's a quote that's associated with Edgar Allan Poe, but no one can confirm that he ever said that. <laughs> Because I looked it up, and I was just like, let me look up this quote. Because like you, when I saw it, I was like, eh. (laughs) Uh, For those at home wondering what the quote is, it's, uh, uh, sleep, those little slices of death, how I loathe them. And um, (laughs) it's like, really? Sleep's pretty good if you can get like a good amount of it. I mean, I could understand if you're in a world where Freddy Krueger exists, sleep might be a little more questionable they should have been like dot 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 especially because this freddy krueger guys keeps haunting me yeah and he's just <laughs> like, like oh. <laughs> you know laughing. <laughs> see so in case if you're wondering john had a pocket freddy laugh he does uh, yeah it's real good it's almost yeah, exactly you. the same thank you uh, i i heard it live and it was burned into my brain Oh wow! Look at you yeah. with all your oh so many name drops. Well, it's true. I saw him at a at a, a fucking costume like contest at San Diego Con- uh, Comic Con, and he did that laugh, and it like sent me back to like six years old. <laughs> it scared the shit out of me. It <laughs> <laughs> cemented itself in my brain at the same time. Uh, yeah, the quote may be a. a a, a a revision from uh, Journey to Center of the Earth. Um, what? <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. So 1959. I don't sleep. I hate those little slices of death. That's the line that's in there. But yeah, a lot okay. of Poe yeah, historians are like, he did. yeah, he, a lot of Poe historians have said they, they can't find anything where they were like, this was it. it, wasn't in any of his books. But anyway, yeah, a little shitty quote to start it off. 
And then I don't know. I, hate I was sleep. It gets everywhere. Yeah. Oh god. It's so comfortable. <laughs> I hate. No wait, this. no. It's, I don't. I don't like sleep. Everyone always miss. Never mind. Go. Please continue. <laughs> we'll talk about Star Wars some other time. But um, yeah, we go from the quote to someone cr- constructing a what a paper mache house. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, I, at first I thought I was baking. Nope, it's paper mache. And um, this is the credits in this terrible font are sort of playing uh, while they're well, showing this paper mache construction. And uh, I was pleased as punch to see that. Um, Lawrence Fishbourne as Larry Fishbourne was in this movie, which I did not remember and was uh, super excited about. Yeah, because you're going to get something, you know, you're you're, you're going to get some quality in here. You had Robert England, yeah. now you had a Larry Fishbourne. Absolutely, and you got per- Patricia Arquette. Um, like this movie, I'm just going to go ahead and and we'll, we'll sort of touch on this throughout. But the other people in this movie must have been bummed that Patricia Arquette and, uh, and Lawrence Fishburne were in this movie because they are acting in a different movie. They are, they are, they do such an incredible and believable and engrossing job in this movie that I fully think that they are in a different, better film. Yeah, they 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 thought of motivation. Yeah. Uh, other than like skipping through the script to be like, when do I die? Oh. Oh man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm not gonna give it all I got because I'm gonna have to scream a lot in two days. You know. <laughs> uh, man, I, it was weird watching her uh, construct this um, paper mache house because I was like, I I don't have patience for it. I never like the the the, the feeling of paper mache. And, like, when you get down to, like, starting the color in popsicle sticks, I'm like, no, that's too much. Yeah, but I have to say, as a uh, as a as an artist myself, um, man, she's talented. Um, she's still quite young, uh, but, man, she can really paper the mache the, the crap out of a house. Um, yeah, it's a well-put-together paper mache house. I mean, that's the other thing. Mine would just look like a lump of newspaper with some sticks thrown on top because <laughs> right. i'm walking a paste into monstrosity the, yeah as i'm when walking I was into growing the trash up, can when i was growing up my um i i always used to do like those uh model airplanes and stuff mm-hmm. but i wasn't very good at them and i would always like put too much glue on the seams and they would would leak out and just get everywhere and so my family uh took to calling my models uh glue master creations <laughs> it just looked like it just looks like i put a bunch of glue down on uh, on the paper and just threw all the parts in there become you're a like, plane <laughs> you're like uh, uh, and everyone's like no, that's that's, that's okay no, for my us. hands that's... are stuck to them uh forever now um that explains that's the not wheels what's on your here. thumbs <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Yep, I tore yeah. off all my fingerprint whorls, and now I am a uh, the world's best cat burglar. That's not true. I've seen you move. That's fair. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, that's fair. Um, yeah, but she's putting she's really just putting this house together because you can see that she's trying to stay awake. And I'm gonna tell you, her her concoction to stay awake it would just kill me. 
Yeah, it's disgusting and uh, un- unpleasant to to watch. Um, but guess what? Bombs home. Yeah. And she's been out on the town. She is dressed to the nines, and uh, she has she has brought a bit of a gentleman caller back because he's wondering where the fuck the bourbon is. At first, they're like, "Where's the bourbon?" Yeah, this is the only. <laughs> so the only thing we get about this guy. Yeah, he likes bourbon. Good for him. You know, I'd have yeah. been worried if he's like, "Where's the Bartle and James?" <laughs> <laughs> Where's the peppermint schnapps and and. Kristen gives her mom just like a oh no not the peppermint schnapps guy yeah it's like oh him again uh her pretty much like her mom you know is being like you need to go to sleep like why are you staying up and again you could tell that Kristen you know again played by Patricia Arquette did not want to go to sleep like like I said she downed diet coke and dehydrated coffee and like I guess some like caffeine pills too, and but doesn't matter. I think sleep takes her anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. She she um she ends up falling asleep, and uh, we and then we get like sort of a cut from the house. Uh, she's kind of falling asleep, looking at the the house she's created into uh the actual house we see a spooky as as heck uh house with um with children playing outside doing nursery rhymes which is like the number one uh sort of spooky trope that everyone goes to i think yeah creepy kids are creepy oh yeah i know i know it's a bold take and um you might lose a listener or two for it, but when you have a creepy kid singing, like, One, two, friends coming for you. I'm a little worried. I'm, I'm gonna have yeah. to check my underwear. Yep. <laughs> but she's um yeah. Kristen's not not too worried because she's more concerned about all these kids who are playing in this uh, dilapidated, condemned house that is just about to fall down. Um, and uh, <laughs> so she she's gonna try to help out this this kid on a tricycle. Yeah. Um, not me. I've been like nope. you're on your own, kid. Sorry. I'm across the street. <laughs> Keep walking. And we, block. yeah, <laughs> I just put it out of there too. But um, you know, I, I don't know if we we did we know this already. It's obviously a nightmare. She fell asleep and, and she's in a nightmare now. And um, man, this house that that she finds, she goes down to the basement, and that basement is huge. Uh, I hope that the realtor puts that on the the Redfin listing. Uh, kind of a. <laughs> crappy up uh, upstairs but you should look at this basement it's uh it's got a maze and a goo pit and just a room with a bunch of hanging people which i assume are uh freddy's victims 
Yeah, I imagine. I guess the uh, souls of Freddy's victims. Uh, I, I, I never. This is the thing about Freddy. I never understood uh, this. Is you know he's like this lord and master of the dream world, able to manipulate right. your dreams and you know bring you into his environment and you know take you out. I never understood why he chases them at this point. Like, and just wants to have a little fun. I think. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I Maybe. guess that works with his character because, and and Freddy's one of my favorites as far as like your horror movie slashers i even have a like a, a mcfarlane figure of him up on my my evil shelf and uh but th- this 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 just always proved to me i was like man freddie just like at this point just yeah, just put him in a little box and you know do your thing and move on to the next victim but instead yeah we're just taking this tour this really creepy ass basement yeah so <laughs> yeah. yeah she's uh she's picked up the little uh the the bi- the tricycle girl and uh she's running away from uh from freddy gets stuck in some very convenient mud that sort of like sticks her fast into place until it doesn't and um after a couple scares uh freddy gets her good and then she wakes up and it like, turns out she's been sleepwalking um and uh freddy's made it look exactly like she has sliced her wrists or she did slice her wrists because freddy made her do it yep like and then of course her mom wakes up or well excuse me that mom doesn't wake up but walks in on her as we see the razor in her hand and yeah, yeah her slip and like, the damage has been done mm-hmm. i did like i i, I did like this part like him manipulating the the faucets you know where one was his hand holding on and the other one turned into his clawed hand because it was just so weird and then yeah. how that translated into the real world was a a lot more unique take than i think we got from even the other movies like even yeah. the first one or the second one like this is like yeah no he's making you do this stuff in the waking world while in the dream state so you know it's not like you're really turned into a cockroach or something you're just appeared crushed or you you ran underneath a car or whatever so i thought that was right. interesting yeah well i think what's also inter- interesting is this this is the first sequence that's introducing the uh the the fake dream fake out you know the the false wake up um, it's sort of a classic trope of the Nightmare on Elm Street films is that people wake up in the normal world. They think that they're no longer in the dream, but just like this, Patricia Arquette, uh, her character, Kristen, goes to the, the, the mirror and, as you said, is grabbed by the faucet and sliced. Um, and, but in real life, she'd been sleepwalking and uh, found a razor. And, and um, it looks like she has tried to to commit suicide um so that that is setting us up for the the other stars of this uh of this movie because it takes um it takes place primarily in a uh, psychiatric hospital um and i like how it cuts from this to uh then we see uh lawrence fishborn as max uh 
walking down the hall with Dr. Gordon, I believe, and just yeah. talking about how he thinks mental illness is the result of fucked up chromosomes. Say, listen, Doc, I got a new theory about all these suicides, right? Don't hold back on us, Max. We need all the help we can get. Yeah, fucked up chromosomes, man. Think about it. All their parents dropped acid during the 60s. Well, Beach Sims theory, she thinks it's nothing but sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Shit, that's what keeps people alive. Owns, quote unquote. Oh, no, this is a good way to get an intro to all the other principal characters as uh, yeah, Dr. Gordon, one of the worst doctors in history, is walking these people by, and then we get... Oh, yeah. He is, like, already, like, uh, who is this hotshot grad student who's everyone is treating everyone, or who's everyone is treating so specially? Like, he is immediately threatened by somebody new and talented coming into his organization and uh you know they've already lost one kid that they allude to later so they need this they need the help but dr gordon as you said is terrible and not excited for you know any any new fresh perspectives yeah and in the same with dr sims uh, uh lesh sims, oh yeah she's even worse <laughs> she's worse it was just like, oh man, no wonder you I don't want to be like, I felt like you lost a kid. Because, yeah, as we discussed the whole reason these, you know, like these kids are here, I think you would notice that they've never met each other before. So why is this all of a sudden a connective tissue that brought them all together? Uh, right. She doesn't ask questions at all. But, um, but the these guys aren't just going out for like a a nice walk around the hospital no they they're um they're here just because they have a new patient who's just arrived and it's Kristen. and man does she not want to be sedated no (laughs) she's got a scalpel and she knows how to use it yeah i love the fact that she kicked uh gordon and the balls from it she she is like do not touch me do not do this stranger danger stranger danger like i do not want to be sedated yeah <laughs> yeah it's the exact opposite of that uh of that song by the ramones <laughs> yeah i don't want to be sedated <laughs> um and then but, uh, yeah go ahead no it's just gonna be like she goes from the sedation holding everybody hostage to starting to sing the nursery rhyme that we heard earlier like the classic one two freddy's coming for you Mm -hmm. and um back off max Kristen, put the scalpel down nobody's gonna hurt you (laughs) five six grab your crucifix seven Uh, Fortunately for her, she's not alone in her singing attempt because the new hotshot doctor walks through the door. Here comes Nancy. Yeah, played by Heather Langenkamp. And she finishes the wicked rhyme just in time like she's heard it many times before. Exactly, and and we recognize her from the first movie. And and here we have uh, the surviving um, teen from the original Freddy's Kids. And uh, she's, I guess, went to 
I mean, I guess if I were her, I would probably immediately major in, in uh, psychology um, after going through something like that. But yeah, she's the hotshot um, new doctor they were talking about. Yeah, I, I, I like this approach. I, I, I kind of like this when it happens in certain horror movies where like one of the past survivors come back like being uh you know prepped and ready to fight this uh, this monster again you know with the exception of say halloween six the curse of michael myers that was done terribly (laughs) and and, uh right at the 13th part five that was done okay so this is a really good attempt (laughs) it might be the only good one i think it is the only Um, good one well, I haven't sense. seen the new. I haven't seen the new um, uh, Halloween, um, where they have Jamie Lee Curtis come back as sort of a a more experienced uh, um, Michael Myers hunter. But um, so I, I can't say I can't speak to that. But certainly, all the examples you brought up, it's better than that for sure. But here's a, a good example of. We have Patricia Arquette acting at a 10 and just being very believable and uh, as a disturbed kid. And then, you know, nothing against uh, Heather Langenkamp, but that they're just not on the same level, I don't think. Um, Because when she comes in, it's like a real, it's just like they're they're very different approaches to acting, I guess is what I'll say. And um, the contrast is immediately apparent. Yeah, one is Kmart, the other is Bloomingdale's. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, I think our target audience will get that reference. Um, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> they, they're both good. I could, The thing is, I can see why there might have been some uh, uh, discrepancies between this because Heather Langenkamp too wasn't much older you know a couple years older from when she f- filmed the last movie but in movie timeline this takes place like six years after the first Nightmare on Elm Street so she's sure. supposed to be a little bit more wizened a little wiser you know she has the, the gray streak in her hair from her encounter fighting with Freddy you know like another so crossover from Poltergeist <laughs> Yes, another crossover from Poltergeist. <laughs> you know, you know, something so scary it turns part of your hair white or your whole head white if you're thinking of uh, uh, certain movies. But so she's supposed to be like this more control, wizened, understanded, you know, like learned person. So me, I think yes. that's kind of where she's coming from. But it's just not going to the fact that yeah. Uh, Patricia Arquette is playing the shit out of this role. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. She's just like a, a wonder to watch. And then also, this, these are the one of the you know few times we get her and uh, Lawrence Fishburne uh, sharing a scene, and uh, their interaction is just it's so believable and like uh, dangerous and, and, and uh, tense. Um, and and then he got Gordon down there, crumpled on the floor. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I'm not sure how the movie wants us to feel about Gordon, to be honest. Um, because, uh, he, I mean, aside from what happens later, his, his our introduction to him, 
is not great i don't feel like um because we go from this scene uh to sort of gordon and uh nancy having like a little uh powwow because uh powwow is that that seems like it's bad to say having a little discussion (laughs) um in uh on the grounds i guess of the hospital looks yeah yeah it's i mean it's a huge like hospital with a, a a large looks like a large wing for a sanitarium and the the location we find out has always kind of been a sanitarium um in one capacity or the other so right uh, and yeah they're, they're talking I, I just take it he's like well you know she i don't need some hot head uh, taking over my you know my kids or whatever but then he's like oh i see who the hothead is let's let me go uh, you know check out her bona fides and then, so to speak he's yeah, a, so immediately speak. sort of using his position as uh one of the top physicians at this at the psychiatric hospital to to really uh he's creeping on her a little bit yeah a little bit that gets uh that gets sort of doubled down later but um he's while he's like very intently looking at everything she's doing she happens to to let it slip by opening up her purse i believe that i think she drops some medication and he sees that she's on hypnosil yes the famous hypnosil well made famous by this and then it's been used in so many different movies. It's it's crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, hypnosil's come into. Um, it was used. Hypnosil addiction was used in Freddy versus Jason, saying that people used it too much. That they eventually in Freddy versus spoiler spoilers in Freddy versus Jason, like you know, no one, everyone who lives in Springwood, um, they don't talk about Freddy. They don't do anything, and that's kind of what keeps them away but all the kids were put on hypnosil but the ones who were taking it heavily were eventually into uh, put into comas where they could not wake and um yeah hypnosil is used in a lot it's even it's been used in a couple it's been used in comic books with even dr gordon making appearance because of this so yeah hypnosil got its jumping point from this movie Wow, that's uh, that's actually pretty. That's some interesting stuff. Um, so <laughs> I like then. Um, I think then we see the first appearance of the creepy nun, uh, because just after Gordon is being very sus of uh, of Nancy, Nancy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, after she walks away, he sees like a creepy nun staring at him, who vanishes. Like uh, that classic, like someone walks in front of her and then she's gone. Yeah, fucking. She she trained in the Batman school of disappearing. Yep, and like I don't know. It's like at that point, maybe you have to be kind of maybe more questioning yourself than kind of questioning everybody else. But that's not Gordo's. That's not Gordo's deal, and Gordo's not going to do it. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. The next the, the the next thing we get from that is we meet the new patients, right? Yeah, yeah. Max gives Nancy a tour, and then we uh, we get to see we get basically introduced to the rest of the characters in the movie. 
Yeah. I just want to say real quick about the character we meet whose name is, uh, whose nickname, I should say, is The Lock. Um, who is Philip? Is that? Yeah, the name? one that, the one who, uh, carved creepy ass, uh, puppets. Marionettes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, so we get introduced to Philip, uh, the walk, as he's called, because of his propensity to sleepwalk. And uh, he says, welcome to the snake pit. <laughs> Which I thought was... <laughs> he's like, okay, oh, this guy is a real... Uh, you know, he's like a, he's like a real... Uh, he's like he's co- sort of like the... I don't know, what am I trying to say? Like counterculture kid or like the little punky kid. I was welcome to the snake pit. Here in the snake pit, we carve marionettes. Yeah, with no knives. And I was like, yeah... They're not going to give you knives in a sanitarium, especially after we heard from Nancy and Gordo's talk earlier, where they believe the cases and why all the kids are the way they are is a shared delusion, and that the, the case that you were talking about that happened earlier, the kid they lost, cut off his own eyelids so he wouldn't stay asleep. So Right, yeah, the right he cut off he found a razor blade and cut off his own eyelids yeah. um, so guess what the walk you're not getting goddamn knife to make creepy ass marionettes sure but all these kids who have been labeled uh, suicide risk uh all of them uh are given as much string as they want because <laughs> he's, yeah, exactly. he's made plenty of marionettes <laughs> and so he's got plenty of plenty of string which uh, i'm sure there's no way he could find out how to use that um but yeah not a knife and also it looks like they've been given a ton of toys and push pins all sorts of stuff that uh were you a suicide risk um you uh you would not be given yeah i don't think you'd be given a spoon so like yeah Mm-mm. Mm-mm. also i yeah. felt that philip was kind of like uh the uh cory feldman like stand-in he I did look sp- like that. Yeah, he? a little bit. Like depending on what angle you got him in, I was like, he's kind of like, like you know, like for uh, Corey Feldman's like you know stunt double or something, just close enough. Yeah, at first I was like, was that Corey Haim? <laughs> it looked like Corey Haim and Corey Feldman got into the Brendel flies uh, teleporting machine and then fused into this kid. It's like you are one. Uh, well, and Philip is played by, let's give him his due, Bradley Gregg. Yes, of course. My apologies for not ruin, uh, mentioning Bradley Gregg, but yes, that's uh, that's Philip. And um, I guess we should also mention um, uh, Craig Joe. Wasson as Neil, Dr. Neil Gordon. Yep. Yeah, like I'm and... whatever. <laughs> um, we also meet Joey because he's in yep. the room, and uh, Joey's played by Rodney Eastman. And uh, Joey's interesting because he doesn't talk; he's a mute. But we we find out why in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But he's checking out one of the nurses walking down the uh, hallway. And we notice he has a teardrop tattoo. 
Yeah, so he has killed someone and is real sad about it. Yeah. Or he, he, he... I I am under the understanding that that stands for that is a prison tattoo that you get and that represents the tears of the family of your victim of murder. Yeah. Now, I seem to remember them saying he used to be like a, a giant like debate club person, like he was a debater and he'd talk all the time. Do you remember the part where they said he murdered somebody in cold blood? No. I mean, okay. there was something that happened to him that was traumatic. I mean... Well, yeah, Freddy happened. He, he wouldn't be... Yes. <laughs> right. That's what happened. But he certainly wouldn't be just allowed to roam freely in a psychiatric hospital had he uh, had, had he murdered someone, I don't think. But, yeah, he's got a... Uh, my wife also pointed that out. <laughs> the teardrop tattoo it's a weird it's a weird uh, thing and we also get in, uh, introduced to the the like the real piece of shit um nurse or order orderly uh, oh yeah super creepy like, real greasy you. hair yeah. uh you couldn't just tell by his physicality and the way they made that character look that he's a he's a real piece of garbage he doesn't do that much shitty stuff but the stuff that he does is real primo shit. Yeah, like it would get you fired from any place if you ever got caught doing that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'd hope so anyway. Who knows? Who knows, so, though? Who knows, though? <laughs> um, and uh, we also met uh, Kincaid, which they refer to as that lump over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Kincaid, and so, um, and we saw Just, him earlier when when Gordo was checking in on him in, in the isolation cell, um, and he's he's apparently a bit of a has a bit of an anger problem. Yeah, you know, uh, that 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 nerved me a little bit, but it's like why why is, I'm I guess I could understand I'd be angry too if I never slept, but I think his anger problems came from somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um it's hard to watch this movie not through the lens of 2020. Yeah. So um th- there are things seemingly that the white characters get away with and this the uh the the one uh black main character in the movie does not seem to be. It they seem like every time he's like, "Hey, what's going on?" they're like, "Get into this quiet room. Into the quiet room." They just really asking what's for lunch. Get in the quiet yeah. room, solitary <laughs> quiet room with you. So I mean, because they don't really, they never show him aside from when he legitimately is angry later in the movie for totally understandable reasons. They they never show him like uh, having one of these episodes that they they talk they allude to, but they don't really address. Yeah, I mean, he's really just a ball buster when it comes down to it like also yeah. as far as his uh, personality traits like but um anyway now now that's that's sliding probably a little further ahead than where we're currently at uh what, what oh the yes of course he doesn't lose his uh his cool to till a bit later um yeah. 
or or that's what people claim um but instead we uh get to meet or we get to see uh Kristen's mom who is a total garbage fire of a human <laughs> i wrote her mom is trash she's just like i she's trying to get attention and i just want to sign a check and make it all go away she's just complaining how much money she spent and how much of uh how her daughter is just simply acting out not that she couldn't possibly have an actual uh you know a a psychological a psychiatric problem that needs to be addressed yeah uh, we meet her because nancy decided to go to Kristen's house um you know, because I guess she's going to go also get her. Uh, she go. She ends up going to Kristen's room to get her bags, and that's when she sees the paper mache house. Yes, and instantly right. recognizes it as her house, and so she takes it. <laughs> yeah, like you do. And Kristen's mom does not care. Yeah, Kristen's mom. She is. Yeah, she's a garbage of a garbage fire of a human being for sure they even have a maid that was the worst part like i was just like oh geez she's yeah yeah she's a real piece of work um uh but uh she's not the only one because then we see dr gordo as i guess we're gonna call him from now on yeah gordo and he's doing some sleuthing on what looks to be the ancient internet um, <laughs> my, it my almost looked at first like he was writing it. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like I'm write, so. <laughs> you write some of this internet. Yeah. Um, so we get like the the breakdown of what hypnosil d- does and and what it's prescribed for because he's very suspicious. So yes. Yeah. Well, also I find it weird that here he is. He works at a sanitarium. These kids like are trying their best not to sleep you can see this that you wouldn't start looking up things or like medication to help these kids go to sleep because you're trying to sedate them and wouldn't know what hypnosil is at this point well Um, it's an experimental prototype drug maybe just like the uh maybe the representative hasn't come come around and, and taken him out to a nice dinner and uh, offered him a bunch of free samples and and kickbacks to uh start passing this that thing out like candy all right that's <laughs> or right. maybe that's what nancy's doing yeah she's like she's not really a doctor she's just a hypnosil salesman <laughs> yep yet she's just a associate with the uh the hypnosil corporation yeah that's fair okay i'll give you that but old school internet yeah. was old school internet. Yes. And he is his the plot thickens. He is suspicious, yes. Um but he can still sleep soundly. Uh but you know who can't? Kristen, because she's trying to we cut back to her. She's not even though she cut one of the orderlies, uh or or I should say Max, uh Lawrence Fishborn's character, she cut her, him with a scalpel um she is uh, allowed to just hang out not locked in or anything um not in the quiet room uh and uh she, she does that great thing that happens several times in this movie where the people who are trying not to go to sleep just close their eyes for a second and then reopen them and assume they are still awake but they know they they have entered into the dream world 
Yep, and that's, yeah, she's drawing the house since she didn't have her uh, paper mache one to work off of. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, she, she closed her eyes, wakes up, and she's, what, back in the house? Uh, she's still in the room because oh. while she's in her uh, That's while she's right. in her room, the uh, right. tricycle rolls on in, trailing blood, and then melts. It's a super cool effect, I have to say. I really liked the the tricycle melting effect. It was it was uh, really well done. That's what, yeah. And, no, I thought this was good. Yeah, the actually this whole sequence because as you said. Um, then after the she runs out away from this uh, tricycle, this this horrifying melting tricycle, <laughs> she um, she's back in the haunted house, and um, there's a great scare with the she she's kind of in the the banquet room, and there's a uh, there's like a, a pig, sort of a suckling pig that that looks like fresh, and, and it's surrounded by vegetables. And, uh, and, and, you know, then it cuts back and it's, it's maggot ridden and, uh, and then it like, uh, sort of like lunges at her. That was a great, that was a fun scare. Yeah. This is, this is the second movie we talked about in a row that used real <laughs> products to get that look too. That was a real pig. Um, yeah. that was left rotting and, uh, reports from the set was it to high heaven which i imagine it would yeah yeah so uh totally equivalent poltergeist oh. uses real human corpses <laughs> this one you just cooked oh. pig someone left in the sun oh i was talking about the steak that bursted into other meats, oh that yes. was a real oh i mean i guess the the when it bursts into the guts, no the steak real, on the counter was real what? When it's yeah. doing to the inch along? The slinking, yeah. Up. There was wires underneath the counter that they were inching it along. So that Well, that, I, but it is a prop steak, right? No, it's a real steak. Wow. Okay, well that looks It was a props well. it was a prop steak when it was in his hand, when it looked like okay. a brick okay. colored That's what I'm like a of. brick painted with a white strip to look like, you know, a cartoon steak but when it was on the counter that was a real steak and like yep. that <laughs> that's why this pig works so well because it was a real pig it looks yeah decadently creepy yeah and i thought the uh i thought when she goes into that next room and they have like the, the like i guess what we find out later is the freddy snake um sort of burrowing under the the floor and then up the wall that effect too was like really good like having you know, the super cool right and walls yeah it was super cool and then he and then he blows a hole in the floor and a terrifying just like freddy snake it's a freddy snake it's a, it's a weird worm or, or a snake or something that's giant and it has a, a freddy head yeah it's just covered in green goop too but um <laughs> <laughs> it's really just you know standard green goo well, but you, you know why they did it do you do you, do you know well because okay so originally when they had it it was just freddy colored uh-huh. so when it you know when they saw it they're like oh this just looks like a giant like penis at this point and they're like, well, we have to do something it looks about like a that. Burnt penis. Yeah, it looks like you know, like somebody doesn't know how to man a grill, mm. burnt a hot dog, <laughs> and had a head on it. So they're like, Ooh, uh, mm, 
ooh, quick, throw some green goop on it. Just so, because the way it was colored was a little too perfect. So that's why he's all just covered in that green slime. Cause, well, that's good. I think yeah. they were able... I mean, there there is a phallic nature to it that is sort of undeniable, but um, I think with the, the green goo, it wasn't as in-your-face. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's as prevalent, so... Just I just I just thought that was funny. I think though the snake looks pretty cool. Uh, you know, yeah. like the, the, the head has like a lot of uh, you know like character to it, and uh, the movement. No doubt and, about it. It's a yeah. very cool practical effect. Um, but now we find find out that uh, that Kristen can call from her dreams into reality because. In uh, we see Nancy and 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 she's suddenly disturbed by this the voice of Kristen in her head, and because she's looking at that house the 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 paper mache house from before and she hears Kristen's uh, uh, cries for help and then just passes the fuck out. Yeah, I, I kind of like the effect though. Like she passes out and like falls through the chair that she was uh, originally sleeping on. And she just kind of phases into the house. <laughs> yeah, so and then she appears, thing. like, sort of falling in midair and into the house. And, um, yeah, and, and she knows exactly what to do. She's been here before. She knows Freddy's games. She picks up a, uh, a sharpened piece of something, because now the Freddy Snake is, is, is well on his way to devouring Kristen. Um, but uh, here comes Nancy, and she's got a sharpened stick, and stabs the crap out of him yeah stabs him right in the eye yeah and he's like you oh my god so yeah he he recognizes uh nancy and i guess they they have a a moment of uh mutual um uh, recognition mm-hmm. um but uh you know, she's able to then, uh, after she stabs the snake and they have that sort of recognition, she's able to get out of the dream with a little bit of damage. Now we know as the audience that this is, uh, this is a serious situation for her. Um, and then she like takes the house and like runs into the, the room where, uh, Kristen is like, this is my house. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, like, uh, when did you make this? This is my house. But she also does confirm something that, you know, Kristen was worried about or other people were worried about, that Freddy is indeed real. Like, he, yep. he's not a, he's not a figment of your imagination. And I don't know, I guess that would be a relief in one sense, especially if you're hearing all these other doctors don't believe you or you have fucked up chromosomes. In this case, <laughs> you know, you have one one ally. Yeah, exactly. So at least they have somebody and uh, that's on their side for real, instead of all these sort of other neglectful adults that have, up until this point, been fairly dismissive of not only what they say, but also what they're going through and you know their uh, their in- their entire um, you know psychological state. But um, so we go from there. Um, I guess we don't really go from there. We get a little bit of backstory about... Krista talks about 
um, how she would have these horrible nightmares, and then she would go uh, sort of be around her dad, and then the dreams would get better. Yeah, so alluding to the fact that she would bring her dad into her dreams to protect her. And that- right, yeah. She would, like, physically, act- like, yeah, she would actually, like, pull him into her dreams and uh, the dream would get better and and then she's sort of realizing with the help of nancy that this is something that maybe she can do at will because she did it with nancy yeah i don't know how i feel about this yeah it's it the (laughs) the sort of like mystical element that's introduced in this uh, in this in this sequel are it's sort of hastily explained or not explained at all which i don't necessarily mind but i would have loved a little bit more like developing this a little bit more backstory about this because obviously like these these dreams that can control our physical selves and sort of enter into a reality into our reality in a way that that freddie uses that's obviously been established but this this sort of non-vengeful ghost uh psychic power is sort of introduced in this movie and it is yeah it it's a lot to introduce with so little um context around it it's like a throwaway line he's like hey you might have a special power yeah yeah i i I don't know like and i mean i guess in a world where a Freddy character can exist and can manipulate it, that there are other fantastical things out there. But it just seems, uh, like you said, a little a little ham-fisted. It definitely feels like this is the connective tissue for us to continue the plot and the plot only um, to try to make that make sense versus it just being, hey, when you go to sleep and you're a kid or you're part of the crew that, you know, parents who killed Freddy... You are pulled all into the same space, and um, maybe Nancy could have went there because she she was there before. But you know, whatever you know, we'll, d- we'll deal with it. She has power; she can pull you to her dreams. Right, and so that's sort of established, and uh, like just like I said, they just kind of brush past it. It it's a thing. We just have to accept it as the audience that this is a thing. So. Um, then we get to now we get to uh meet all the kids in earnest because they have their first group session and straight so they actually talk. go around the room right <laughs> right straight talk the straight talk express arrives at the hospital um and uh yeah they have that ritual that they do it's it they show up for group and they close the door and they said okay no all only straight talk in this room yeah and then we meet Will, who... Yeah, we basically meet everybody and find out what's what's going on with him. Yeah. He's the one in the wheelchair who uh, paralyzed himself. Uh, and he's counting down the top 50 love songs. <laughs> Based on my impression earlier. Yes. Um, yeah, he's, the, he's a bit nerdy. He talks about, you know, his traumatic event uh, landed him in a wheelchair. Um, And then we have uh, Taryn, who uh, she's a little uh, kind of like, she's a little punky. Um, 
and uh, she has had a problem with drugs. And of course, uh, we already know Joey and Kincaid and too cool Philip. He's got a bowling shirt on and he's simply too cool. Yeah, he's just like uh, he, he 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 was just he is just a little pissed because he missed out on the old Lost Boys uh, audition. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I mean it's all over his face. Yeah, he's just like fuck, man. I could I that could have been me. I could have been one of the Frog Brothers. <laughs> I could have been hunting vampires. <laughs> the cool red head band on. Yeah. And then we also could have been Jenny. Santa Cruz. Yeah, or, or Santa Cruz adjacent. Oh, Philip and Santa Cruz. Uh, the other one we meet is Jennifer, who uh, who wants to be a star, who, you know, wants to be on TV. Of course, yeah. And the people immediately get on our case. <laughs> yep. Lifestyles of the rich and psychotic. I think is that's what uh, I think that's what Philip says. No, it's uh, Kincaid. Kincaid oh, literally just yeah, he just rags on everybody. He just like rapid fire like insults left and right. Yeah, it's this like, is yeah. supposed to show that he has a bad attitude. <laughs> even yeah. though, I mean, based on his situation, it's hard to blame him. Yeah, really hard to blame him. And then we we find out. Uh, Doctor uh, Sims' uh, thought on why they all dream because it even kind of comes up where they're like, we've all dreamed about the same guy, like, or like the same thing. Why are we there? And they're just like, oh, it's overt sexuality that's causing you to do this. Yeah, yeah they kind of are like, um, yeah, isn't it weird that this is happening? And they're like, nah. Doctor Sims is not impressed. And she's like. She seems very done with this job. Like, she's just writing out these last final years until retirement. Oh, you think this is like a, a Murtaugh situation? He's just like, you know, I got you know, I got a few years left of retirement. I'm too old for this shit. And then you get, like, Martin <laughs> Riggs showing up, <laughs> making you, you know, jump from your toilet to a bathtub because it's going to explode. Yeah, I, you know, I think that she's just like... I, as long as I can, like, 50% of the kids survive, then, uh, <laughs> good job, Dr. Sims. She's just playing the numbers game at this point, because basically every time people are, she's just incredibly dismissive of everything that everyone brings up, and this is before it gets really weird and supernatural. She just is not ready to listen, which is, like, the primary, uh, you know, thing that, um... That, that someone in this field should be doing um but yeah she's a real piece of shit <laughs> but yeah. uh but then we get um a little bit of we kind of cut to later and we get the will he's um he's the wizard master mm-hmm. and uh they're playing a very D like game um but with the wizard master yeah, a little too close to the Grand Wizard for my tastes, but I mean, you know, I, I'll allow it. Yeah, I think I think you know, Wizard Man, it's close enough to Dungeons and Dragons. You know, it could. They really needed been, something. 
Like yeah. they couldn't say dungeon master. They could have just said game master really, but they're like, okay, he's the wizard master. It's literally was written by somebody who had only just heard of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like yeah, what else is like, in Dungeons and Dragons? Wizards? Okay, fine. He's the wizard master. Great. Cut print. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he's going to be a wizard master. Yeah. A brilliant yeah. move by Wes Craven there, but um uh but we actually uh, we get to see a little bit of Max here and his uh his style with the kids and man Lawrence Lawrence Fishbourne it just it injects so much like empathy and caring into this uh into this performance like you couldn't like he really seems like he cares about these kids and uh yeah I was just really blown away about by the the sort of warmth that he shows the these kids even though he's like you guys gotta uh pack it in for the evening yep he's like oh it's just getting good but i I yeah (laughs) you know i was like really but i like the thing they got yeah (laughs) i like the thing they got going though um the like it sort of it sort of shows the horrible position these children are in because they have to come up because the adults are not listening obviously we we saw that in Gordon and Dr. Sims um because they have to come up with like a watch system uh where you know uh, Joey is going to watch Will while he sleeps and the minute he sees any inkling of a nightmare he's going to wake wake him up uh, as sort of like a ripcord on the dream parachute. Yeah, I wrote. I, I wrote. This is fucked up, right? Like that. Th- this is what they've come to. One, yeah. like the orderlies or whoever's walking around checking on them don't even really check on them when they're asleep. But these guys are like forced to come up with a a system to keep themselves alive because no one else will try to help them out. Yeah. It, yes, it's a really like a survival. Uh, like just something you do just for survival, um, and uh, that's so. Then we cut from that to Doctor Gordon. Uh, this is when he really starts to, um, he's really f- getting friendly with the uh, the new grad student that joined the staff as he takes her out to what looks like one of those like smoky sort of 70s style bars but apparently is the best Thai food in town can it not be the best Thai food in town because it's probably the only Thai food in town I think it's the only Thai food in town yeah. like, <laughs> and I, she's I, like yeah well they uh, they must have changed it when I was in high school sort of r- reminding us uh, of the age difference here yeah it was uh I don't know. I thought this was creepy, um, mm-hmm. in a sense, right? Because they're trying to get to know each other. Both looked relatively uncomfortable. Um, we did get some. There confirmation. is no chemistry here. No, no. <laughs> to your point. Yeah, like I mean, you know, the, yeah, no. This was sad. Like I was like, listen, Gordo, just just stop while you're behind because. <laughs> You're not doing too hot, and I, I, and you know, like just, just stop it. Nancy's not interested. Stop taking her to fancy Thai food. Um, yeah. What is this like? I wrote down. What is this like? Professional date? Like, 
let's get to yeah. know each other with you and the team. And then you show up as just Gordon. I thought you said the team would be here. Well, I'm the team. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, don't you like Pram Ram? <laughs> or, you know, chicken. Uh, they, they have this great dish called chicken satay. Today? I don't know how to pronounce it because <laughs> I'm a dickhead. Um, I, I do like the fact that they confirm that Nancy's mom did pass away after the first movie. Because that was always kind of in question, even with how the, the original Nightmare on Elm Street ended with her getting sucked through a window. Since that wasn't right. Oh wait, excuse me. Spoilers. Spoiler alert for the 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 yeah the original movie in this series. Um, no, Thirty six years ago. It's fine. Spoilers. Uh, just make sure to throw that up there. Um, I kind of got the feeling that Nancy was using this as a way to push her hypnosil agenda. Yeah, um, she only agreed to go out on this weird, sort of uncomfortable work date um, to try to to convince Gordon to to prescribe the kids the same sort of anti-dream, anti-psychotic medic- medication that she's on. And to Gordon's credit, he is immediately <laughs> against this idea because, you know, while she is right, uh, at the same time, uh, she it's like it would be weird i think to someone who on their first days is like we need to put the all these kids on this untested experimental medication i would i think if it were me in that position i probably would would push against that at first yeah i mean i still ended up writing that he was a fool but yeah i I mean i I I can see your point but you can also understand her urgency because she realizes actually how dangerous this is yeah, and and to her credit, and also supporting your point, um, they like he is clearly not open to hearing anything new. So, yeah, they he even though he is has like the right amount of skepticism, I think about this approach, uh, he is also immediately dismissive, of it, and it doesn't really take time to uh, to hear her out. Um, but uh. So we cut from there to our first big kill, and a really disgusting one. Really horrifying. Yeah, I would say the ones in this are are up there as far as uh, gross factor. Oh, yeah. Um, And this is, I don't know, I think this one to me is probably the grossest. Um, Yeah, yeah. As we talk through them, I'll, I'll maybe I'll rearrange them. But yeah, we we cut to uh, Philip and Kincaid's room, and um, mm-hmm. this, this is the and part where those creepy ass uh, marionettes. Yeah, and I wrote Philip should have never made goddamn puppets. <laughs> nope, because one of those marionettes turns into Freddy, who. This is actually a really dumb sequence, I thought. I I don't usually like to be negative, but I thought the fact that Freddy turns into the marionette, walks over to Philip's bed, and then turns big again. Yeah. (laughs) Was the marionette... I mean, you were a creepy marionette just a second ago. That would have been super creepy. Creepy, but then he's just like, uh, now I'm big. He's like... Never mind. <laughs> In begin. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not going to be able to do what I want with this. Shit. 
Yeah, like the the effort it took them to do this bit of claymation, they could have just cut that out, and he could have shown up at the foot of the bed. I don't. Yeah, uh, I, it, I I I wrote that down too. I was like, you know, cool claymation, Freddy. Dot 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 for no reason. Because <laughs> it's just like I mean, it's cool, but. Even how they did it, they did it. They shot it all backwards too, so like they had the face, but then they kept smoothing it out to make it work. So I, I thought it was a cool shot, but really wasted. Um, but as Large Freddy, he fucks Philip up. It's really terrifying. I mean, he yeah. he is a sleepwalker, and so Freddy uses that to his advantage because he he basically rips out tendons from uh philip's um feet and hands and then he becomes the puppet master and uh treats philip like a marionette one of the marionettes like he has on the wall and and kincaid being his roommate notices this at first but then is just like oh you know you're you're sleepwalking and so he's just like fuck off (laughs) because i mean this happens all the time that that's a I mean that is a uh, understandable reaction. Yeah, I mean it is, but I'm like, come on, Kincaid, you 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 sitting in straight talk realize all these kids are kind of messed up. Um, when you've tried to wake him up or like go get help, because I was just like, come on, man. But instead, he just went back to sleep. So since I guess Freddie was leaving him alone, he's like, I'm gonna get all the sleep I can get. <laughs> and he does indeed um and then uh you know and then uh we the next time we see philip um he's all up in the bell tower yeah and uh just sitting there kind of dangling joey who's on watch who's watching will originally sees uh philip standing on the tower and uh, just like wakes Will up but you know since Joey doesn't use any words no one knows what the fuck's going on um, yeah he's running down the hall like banging pots and pans but and he gets everyone's attention and they do break the window so they're able to yell at him leaving dangerous shards of glass everywhere I assume yep. <laughs> and a uh, and a very spiky window but uh it's it's uh, all for naught because uh, Freddy in the sky with diamonds is going to uh, <laughs> marionette this poor kid off the roof and to his death. Yep, and they just watch him fucking jump, all of them, even yes, Kincaid. Terrible, terrible. Yep, yeah, <laughs> that's got to be awful for everybody involved. Yeah, I, I, my, my last note for this sequence was this hospital is the worst. Yep, I mean, like how it this kid be. Yeah, like how this kid walk out. Like I know, you know, Freddie opened the door and did all this shit, but how could no one see him? Like you're gonna tell me it was just like the one uh, night watchman was watching and wasn't even paying attention. Yeah. Terrible. It's just the worst. And I think this that your conclusion is reinforced because the morning after, they're in another group. And, um, uh, of course, they have to talk about what happened last night oh, with Philip. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And oh, my God. Dr. Gordon is just like, 
the textbook he's saying the all the things that if you've ever read like how to talk to somebody who is suicidal the first thing isn't like is just like he gave up he left us all he was a coward <laughs> he was weak for killing himself yeah. He was weak. And you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This guy sucks as a doctor. Yeah, like, maybe he got his license from a Cracker Jack box. Yep. Yeah, I and don't know where he's going with that, but yeah, he's a bad doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I to be fair though, I do like Kincaid's response to this is Kincaid is scared. Yeah, he is. He's legitimately scared and angry, and nobody is investigating or interrogating where this uh, anger is coming from and what's when what's causing it. Their reaction is to just send him to the quiet room. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The, the fact is, like, he's like, no one's putting Kincaid to sleep. And then yeah. bro, they are going to put his ass to sleep. <laughs> yep, he's going to bed. <laughs> yeah, he's going to bed. And then, uh, but the, the, the interesting here is, uh, so after Bad Dr. Gordo uh, dropped his uninspiring speech, he's he's like, he talks to Nancy, okay, I'm going to try the... He, he talks to Nancy and Nurse Sims trying to say, I'm going to get the kid's hypnosil. So I don't really yeah, know he, where he had this change of heart it's not shown he just like who knows what happened after the uh you know after we saw them at that dinner but he the next morning he he is uh fully on board with this thing that he was uh, vehemently against just last night and much to the chagrin of dr um sims who is uh, even more of a, a sort of a luddite and sort of like we said, not wanting to try anything new or really anything at all, except like she, she just says, this boy needs a good night's sleep. He'll <laughs> be right as rain when he has a full RE, like a REM cycle. And you're just like, don't you know that this is what's killing these children? Yeah, they, none of them want to go to sleep. Like, help them figure out how to do that. But, yeah, it's always... I don't know, that's always been an answer for me, even when I was a kid. Like, you don't feel... Go to sleep, you'll feel better when you wake up. Like... Yeah. Will I? Can I get a fucking... Like, can I go to the doctor? My fucking, you know... Yeah. Like, my gas really stinky. It doesn't smell right. No, 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 no. Just get some good sleep. It'll be right as rain tomorrow. <laughs> Just like... I don't know. I think something's really wrong. <sighs> Farts. Um... Farts. And then we get Kincaid singing the saddest fucking song. Like, trying <laughs> oh to keep himself awake in solitary confinement. Ain't gonna dream no more, no more. Ain't gonna dream no more. All night long I sing this song. Ain't gonna dream. Yeah, he, he they just throw him in a cell and um and that's yeah, that is like a terribly sad scene. Um but we cut there from there to another sad scene. Yeah. Um and I'm not talking about Gordon being like, What have I done? Yeah. <laughs> My career is over. God, I'm the um, worst doctor ever. Because <laughs> he you just hear yeah, what it's I like said? Why the fuck didn't you just stick with your guns in the first place? You're just like, why are you complaining? Because the minute 
like they the t the, all the 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 patients react badly. He's like, all right, give him all imbecile. Even though last night he's not into it, but um, so I'm not talking about that sad scene. Instead, of what I'm talking about is uh, um, what is her name? Jennifer. Jennifer. Yep. Yeah, she is in the TV room, and uh, Max comes in to check on her. And again, like you you were talking about before about how like real Lawrence Fishburne like portrayal here is he's like look he just knows these kids have been through a lot they've seen a lot something tragic just happened to someone who's really close to him and you know Jennifer's just like she's like look I, I want to stay up you know she's like I just can't handle the nightmare and Max is like okay cool but you never saw me yeah and yeah i mean it's like he's being a really he's being a pal he he can tell she needs this um but her you know uh actually so yeah then we go from that because she doesn't find the cigarette yet because there's a scene in between where the 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 greasy orderly from before really um gives his scumbag bona fides uh as, yeah. as he tries to tempt um her uh taryn tries to tempt taryn with uh with like just opening up the the dispensary inside the the uh psychiatric hospital and just letting her have whatever high-grade pharmaceuticals she she wants as long as you know they get to I think everyone knows. Yeah, big whoopee. Wow. No. (laughs) Somehow that just made it ten times worse. Uh, It's it's bad, but he's a real he's a real pervert and uh, disgusting. Yeah. Like, can can we just say here now that all perv orderlies are always at every hospital in every horror movie? Oh yeah. I mean. They are they are just filling the halls of these psychiatric hospitals in any movie. There's going to be one disgusting pervert, but you got to give it to Taryn mm-hmm. because uh, she completely rebuffs his advances and really stays strong in the face of being offered um, what has to be her biggest temptation. Oh, for sure. She she was. I, I I was happy that at the end she got away from this dickhead and um, you know, uh, held strong to her beliefs. So yeah, she was, was able good. to hold on her to her sobriety. So you know, like this is a real triumphant moment for this uh, for this character. But uh, it's sad that she had to do it. But um, mm-hmm. so that's nice. We get like we leave it on a little bit of a high note. Um, no pun intended. Now for we're back in the TV to, room. Yeah, <laughs> leaving on a high, leaving on a high note. But there is no pun intended. That she oh right, there's a variety. Because we'll make sure we call that out. Just you know, yes, <laughs> just just to make sure. Sorry, uh, we leave it on an upbeat note. Yes, with pills. I mean, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> God. Uh, we leave on an upbeat note, um, but uh, just as the roller coaster of emotions crested, 
where we're gonna have to go back down because we're back in the TV room. And anytime you go back to a location you've seen, you know something in a horror movie. Something bad's gonna happen. Um, in there. Yeah, especially since um, it's like the first time you've seen the location, and soon to yeah. be the last time we've seen the location. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's second to last. Uh, they they uh, they come back to it later. And, uh, well, well, we'll get there when we get there, but, um, so she's, uh, she's, she talked earlier about, um, wanting her cigarette privileges back because apparently she has a self-harm problem with, uh, burning herself with those cigarettes and we get to see that demonstrated here. I don't know why the filmmakers felt like this was important to show us, um, because it doesn't really have any effect aside from them being like "Ooh, look this is what she did remember we said she did this here's her doing it because she finds like a half spent butt in an ashtray in the tv room and uh uh lights it up because i guess you have like access to lighters and half spent cigarettes again like john said this hospital sucks yeah they're very selective in what they do but yeah they won't revoke your smoking privileges or anything else and the fact that yeah you can tell that she's burned herself many times to stay up because her hand is just kind of her hands are just kind of pocked with like burn marks right and uh we get that classic dream falling asleep fake out she dozes off a little bit and she's back because she's, you know, she's watching the TV. That's where she'll be, right? She'll be on the TV. Yeah, and she's watching, um, I think, uh, was it a horror movie or something originally? And then she changes the uh, channel to a talk show? Or was it on the talk show already? You know, I don't know. Uh, she's flipping through the channel. She lands on the talk show, uh, a talk show. I'm, I'm not really, unless it's Johnny Carson, I'm not really up on my sort of pre-Carson or... or Carson oh, was, adjacent, uh, yeah, that, that was Dick Cavett. show hosts. Okay, Dick. Okay, there you go. Um, and he's talking to uh, Jaja Gabor. Can I ask you something? Certainly. Who gave that fuck what you think? <laughs> this is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. What the prime time, bitch? <laughs> so, yeah. um. Uh, yes, and so uh, <laughs> Dick God Cabot damn. turns into Freddy, uh, presumably kills Zsa Gabor, and uh, Jennifer decides, hey, this is a good time to, to kind of walk up to the TV, um, <laughs> and uh, which is always a great idea when something weird is happening. And um, we, have, we get another really cool practical effect because two techno freddy arms burst out of the sides of the tv and uh as you heard in that awesome clip um uh it's it's time it's it's time for a big break and he breaks her face through the front of the television yeah see this this one always uh this one always got me from the the uh, when his head emerges from the top with like the mm-hmm. antennas on them. sort of shrimp racks <laughs> And then, yeah, like, all- it goes back to him, and, like, the shrink wrap is gone, and it's, like, just, like, a, a makeup effect, and then they have the antenna on top yeah. of his head, and they're kind of, like, swirling around. And, yeah, that part no, funny. And it just smashes her right into the TV. And, um, 
uh, I, I learned a little bit later on that uh, Zsa, Zsa Gabor was just happy to do any movie because at this point she wasn't doing any movies or anything so she didn't realize what she was getting into uh, when she got this role <laughs> And then, in turn, Dick Cavett, who was like a you know a late night talk show host, they were like, "Well, who do you want to interview for this scene?" And he was just like, "Ja Ja Gabor," because I would never interview her in real life. Uh, <laughs> so like, so like these two people, like one was just happy to get a movie, didn't read the script, didn't know anything about any of the nightmare films, and the other one was like, "Okay, I'll do this little." Uh, scene and then like yeah get this can kill her off because that that would probably be the one i'd be happy to see get killed so then when he turns to freddy that was the first time jaja gabor saw freddy krueger knew what this movie was about so like that look on her face is genuine fear because she didn't know <laughs> what was going on it's hilarious yeah it was um funny. that's incredible that's a great anecdote um but uh yeah so she is gone uh max bursts back into the room and just sees her hanging lifeless from the television you gotta wonder like what the fuck happened there yeah obvious suicide she jumped she has a vertical leap of six feet jumped head first into the tv yeah and like a force like uh, a force measurement of like i don't know how many foot pounds or something to be able to smash into a tube like that and then be suspended from there and like yeah yeah there'd be a lot of things i'd question because it's not like there was any chair around there or anything and she is she is shoulder deep within this tv oh yeah and so uh goodbye jennifer we we hardly knew ye um and uh apparently since these kids were all uh suicide risks they uh they had the funeral just ready to go (laughs) because the funeral happens the next day and uh we get old uh i'm gonna just put in quotes dr gordon um hanging out (laughs) by a tree and acting really cool sad he's not wearing black not being respectful of course but um but he's just like he's gonna look on but can you okay let's just take a moment and think about if you were in the funeral party and you just looked over and there's a guy like leaning up against a tree just like making it grimacing and staring at the funeral he'd be like who the fuck is that guy yeah you'd be asked to leave yeah <laughs> why was your doctor jeez oh, well you didn't do what a very good done? job Ooh. i should have got him hypnosil earlier nancy was right yeah but this nancy is all was right he was right, but this is all uh, like just um, a way to get him alone because that's when creepy nun shows back up, and boy is she just off-putting to look at. They don't even have her in that much makeup, but it's like a little bit of like white makeup on the face and some red makeup on the the ears, or sorry, the, the ears, <laughs> the lips. You can't see the ears. She's in a nun habit. Uh, but it's all white, and she's obviously like a ghost or something. Spoiler alert, but like at this point, she's already disappeared once, she's only showing up at graveyards, I mean like, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I think you would um, put two and two together, but we find out this is Sister Mary Helen. Mm-hmm. And, um... But- she's just here to tell us that Freddy's gotta go. Yeah. 
An unquiet and, spirit must be laid to rest. Yeah, there's a real anti-science message in this entire movie, and because uh, old Gordo, when asked what what kind of uh, you know what his religion is, um, he says science, I guess, and uh, Mary Helen is like, that's so sad. Mm, how sad. And um, spoiler alert, but. Uh, Gordon only is able to get the upper hand in this movie when he <laughs> when he abandons science completely and instead um, invests fully in the supernatural. And so, um, yeah, real anti-science uh, message in this movie. Not not a huge fan of that. No, definitely not. I wrote this as Science Funeral as my header. <laughs> that's hilarious um and so and again so at right now i'm like i'm done with gordo i'm hoping he is not in the rest of this film but my hope is quickly dashed because we get weird date number two next yeah but this time it was dinner at nancy's so I yeah so things are progressing at a very rapid pace yeah like I mean, they've worked with each other all of maybe three days. Maybe. Like it it's really like hard. Almost to, like just like a day and a half. Yeah, it's really hard to kind of get a sense of how long they were there, or how fast he's like how fast Freddy is moving, killing these kids. But yeah, Nancy and uh, Gordo's non-relationship keep moving further and further. Yeah, there's a part where he is like he dramatically goes up to the rainy window in, in, in Nancy's apartment and looks at it and is sort of just like I I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm losing all these kids and she comes comes up to him and says, Neil, you're doing your best And I was like, Maybe they're both dumb. Yeah, I was like you're not I don't know if he's doing his best. <laughs> I was like, No, see the thing is I think technically she's not wrong. He's doing his best, I see. but it's not the best. Or <laughs> Neil's best is everyone else's fifty percent. I get it. Yeah, like you know, I, I wonder if it was like, is he having a lack of faith in himself? Is it pity, or is he just trying to get laid? I don't know where he's coming mm, up with this. I don't know. It, it's definitely, I think, a combination of all three. There is, there is a certain, and this. It's hard to tell if this is a character choice or if this is like just the the level of acting that we're we're seeing here. But there there is a certain intentionality about like sort of sauntering over to a dramatically lit window and like you know uh, resting your arm against the sill and just looking at it and just being like, why can't I save these children? <laughs> I have the tools. I understand it's a shared experience, and I know there's this thing called Ibnisil that could probably cause them from not losing their lives. But why can't I save these children? Why? And Damn, I think man, from suck. <laughs> yeah, from this moment. So up until this moment, the pacing has been kind of nice. It's kind of creepy. It's going kind of. It's like a slow burn. But after Jennifer's death. It, they turn the afterwards on like they, they the 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 nos has been hit and um we are in the final stretch because the rest of the movie is sort of like kind of just speeds to the conclusion yeah uh, there's there's no rest for the wicked no indeed and um 
the next day uh, a group is called because Gordon has decided, hey, um, because there's a great scene in the previous scene that we were talking about. Nancy is like, okay, here I'll tell you the story, and then it just cuts to black because they're like, okay, we know you've seen the story. We're not going to rehash the whole thing. But needless to say, once we see the the group the next morning, it's clear that Gordo has bought everything, hook, line, and sinker. He is he believes everything and is fully invested in what is an insane plan because he goes from agreeing to give everyone hypnosil to buying that Kristen has dream powers and immediately doing an experiment to that effect yep you're having unofficial group without Dr. Ratchet I mean excuse me Dr. Sims <laughs> Yeah, so she is not included in that, and that that's crucial for to remember for later. Yeah. Um. But and, uh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna be like, this is the point where like Nancy is like, look, we know who's killing you, and the kids at this point are like, you know, with I guess with the exception of Kristen, everybody else is still like a little weary of uh, adults trying to tell them what's best so you can kind of see that they're doubtful but then she's just like no she she just tells them yeah here's freddy he was he wears you know he's burnt he wears a, a, a mask with knives he's got a dirty sweater and then you know all the kids see oh shit she's talking about the person i've seen in my dreams and then um <laughs> the kids are told that the reason why he's killing them is because of what their parents did <laughs> yeah he was a uh, a prolific child murderer yeah um who was burned alive by this group of fed up parents and um yes she explained to them that they are the uh last of the elm street children yep i believe Mm-hmm. yep so they're the last and so bad luck for them cause Freddy's out to get them yeah I mean you know I, I like this interpretation of Freddy over the uh, the remake one yes cause... where they really played up the uh I mean <laughs> I mean I don't know they how really to touch... made it even worse yeah, they made it worse than it already was. Um, and this one, I was just like, okay, he's just a child murderer. That's right. terrible and frightening. You can understand... I mean, if if you haven't seen the remake, you can kind of uh, intuit what we're talking about here if we're saying, oh, he's just a child murderer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, you know, that small little chestnut, a child, just a child murderer instead of... Uh, um, doing other stuff, which is uh, gross. And um, Jackie Earl Haley, who played uh, the new Freddy, should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, man. I know you were just doing a job. Yeah. But whoever wrote that's gross. And it's gross. You didn't need to. Like, he just. It's he bad was, enough. He, it was. Or, exactly. That. Thank you. That, that was my whole point. It was already bad enough. You did not need to add another layer to it. Exactly. So, so it was just like, oh, get the fuck out of here. But anyway, yeah, the the 
the, the kids now know the reason why Freddy's kind of coming after them. And um, then she explains to the group uh, Kristen's gift, which everyone kind of just buys. There's a moment where Gordo is like, okay, never mind. And Nancy's like, we agreed. Fucker. <laughs> and he's like, okay, 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 sure, 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 sure. And then, yeah, we kind of go around and we're asked, um, what do they do? They do they do the, uh, who, what, what kind of special power do you have in your, is yeah. that, wait a minute, no, that's that, that's later after they fall asleep, right? Because, yeah, they, they, they do get, group hypno- hypnosis. Yes, they, they get hypnotized and they do that again. They go back to the fake out sleep thing where they're like oh i'm being hypnotized oh no and then they just kind of wake up they're like okay it didn't work let's try it again tomorrow but motherfucker you're already in the dream sorry i said (laughs) sorry i said the mfr word (laughs) don't worry i say it's it's freddy it's uh it's hard he's um yeah i mean uh Is this the right voice? Yeah, this is the right voice. <laughs> I mean, Freddy. I'm, you get- I'm possessed with your co-host, fucker. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, listen, then, uh, I can do better. Let, let, let me come back. I got a bunch of stuff. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Later. Thanks for... Uh, uh, what was... Uh, I just fell asleep. What happened? <laughs> Oh, nothing, dude. You came right back to it. Um, everything's fine. Nothing's fine. Oh, okay. I still have all seven toes and four fingers, so we're good. Oh, oh mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Something doesn't add up. Uh, one of the things I thought was funny about this was that kind of the one of the conceits of hypnosis is you have to be like a receptive party, and I don't think any of these kids would be receptive to uh, being put asleep, but it works um because they're in the dream world and you know they're in in the dream world because of two things one that nurse that joey's been sort of leering at um uh comes on to him in a a major way Mm -hmm. and uh and second the newton's cradle in the in in the room which i guess can't have been going while the um, hypnosis metronome was going because that would be very distracting but uh, the little silver shiny balls uh, go flying around the room in I think to be fair a rare instance of bad uh, effects in this movie because the effects are I think generally quite good especially for 1987 yeah this is probably this and there's like one other scene where I'm just kind of like Ugh. but you could tell that they were literally working with the limits of what they had, and CG really was not widely used or a thing that would have carried a full effect if it wasn't something that was going to be supplemental. Yeah, the, the, these balls fly off. I was just like, oh man, this looks pretty shitty. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that's when we that's when we have that scene that you alluded to before, where uh they realize they're in a dream and then nancy goes around the room saying like hey in your dreams who are you like what what kind of special ability do you have in your dreams and uh they go from really cool to like (laughs) 
didn't, yeah. not that great. <laughs> oh my god, this was so funny. Uh, so Wills, Wills is probably the top because he's like, I in my dreams, I can walk and I'm a wizard. And uh, you know, one of the Newton's cradle balls like flies past him and he and he turns it into a butterfly or something mm-hmm. in his his hand. Um, and then we have like Christian. <laughs> Christian's is that she does does like a like part of a gymnastics floor routine. Not anything eh. like no wire work or anything. She just does a couple flips, and you're like, okay, that seems like something you could be practiced enough. You could probably do in real life. Yeah, like it wasn't much of a stretch, you know. No. Eh, like I, yeah, I would have been more impressed if she was able to like manipulate dreams her own right, since so she could bring people into right? a shared dream experience. <laughs> right. So maybe she no. could, you know, like no, no, I can flip. She can do a handspring into a backflip, which is no doubt impressive. Not taking anything away from her there, but um, I was expecting a little more. I, little I, it's been a long time since I saw this movie, and I, did, I thought I thought more of the kids had cool powers. Um, I would nope. say, nope, no, because Will has like some sort of magic. Uh, Kincaid is very strong. He bends a chair, um, which really disturbs Gordon. Um, way more than it should. He's just like, stop that. It's disturbing. It's unnerving, I think is what he says. For a bent chair, Uh, you're in a fucking shared dream experience. I would be more concerned about any other weird things. Just a bent chair. I think he's just more uptight about... Yeah, I think he's just uptight about damaged property. It's like, oh god, that's gonna come out of my paycheck. It's my favorite chair. Um... Uh, and let's see, we have, um, Taryn, uh, Taryn, oh yeah, she, she is, in her dreams, she is beautiful and bad, yeah. which means that she has a mohawk and two knives. Yeah, not one, but two, two little switchblades. That's right. Two tiny little switchblades, so that's cool, I guess. Hey, you know, it's a thing, like... Literally, if she could get out of the asylum, she could do that that evening. She could go to the local knife shop, get her two knives, put her hair up in a uh, mohawk, call it a day. Yep. But uh, she she just reserves those for dream moments. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she she needs she is uh, two knives and rubber cement away from her dream, um, <laughs> but. Uh, I guess so. We don't. No one is is asking why Joey is missing because he just immediately left when they thought it didn't work. Um, but uh, apparently, his dream power is uh, being uh, just just magnetically attractive because um, this nurse in a another like um, or orally or whatever you want to whatever she her title is, but. Um, she, uh, she, she just can't keep her hands, uh, off him. Um, but we know it's a dream, so unless he's about to have a shared, um, sexy dream, it's probably Freddy. It's not as probably it was, and that's the worst part. Like, he's having, he's having the best part of a dream, and then all of a sudden, uh, as he's on the bed... 
the 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 nurse just starts spitting tongues at his uh, on his hands, <laughs> it's like his yep. wrist, his feet, and they're wrapping around. Yeah, they're uh they're doing a little what uh what these kids probably call Frenching, <laughs> um, and uh, she like pulls his tongue out of his mouth and it gets all long and and then yeah like you said starts spitting tongues and um and then turns into freddy's face which has got to be like you just are celibate after that i think or you're you have like a fetish that is very strange very specific too put on this freddy mask and that (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's, not, it's not there yet. I, 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 did that. I want you to smell bad. Um, <laughs> you got smell like garbage. What? I just assume. <laughs> I, just assume. I mean, to, to be fair to Freddy and to give him a little bit of credit with this one, he did pick the perfect victim since he doesn't talk. That's no true. One was, no one was going to miss him. Right? And then... um yeah, so I guess if I was like, oh, what's wrong, Joey? Tongue-tied? Yeah, oh, God. It's a great one. Yeah. And then, like, oh, the worst part is not only tongue-tied, but, like, the mattress falls away, and it just shows, like, this hell mouth. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's just gonna... He will spend no spoiler alert, or I guess spoiler alert, that he will spend the rest of the film pretty much uh or at least the next like 30 minutes just suspended over a hell mouth um uh because let's oh right so the they're back in the so we that all that crap happens they're back in the room and uh everything is on fire everything is on fire everything must go (laughs) (laughs) um and uh we get some shots of them trying to like sort of it's not a great it's not a great uh like showcase of their powers usually in a movie like this they have at least like their initial fight um when once they get like some sort of powers or once once characters in a movie get some sort of powers their initial fight usually goes very well right they the we show that we can we show them off like how powerful they actually are but this initial this initial uh, instance for them sucks because none of their powers amount to a, a hill of beans once um the once the once the group room or the straight talk room starts like morphing into a circle and everything is on fire and the walls are closing in and and Kincaid's strength can't do anything and Will the wizard isn't helping at all. And Kristen can't backflip uh, them to safety. Right? (laughs) No matter how hard she tries, but... And Karen uh, can't stab the wall. Right? (laughs) Her (laughs) tiny knives do nothing. Um, But uh, it's it's only the arrival of Dr. Sims who opens up the door and is like, what the fuck is happening? Because he sees everyone uh, passed out on on the floor. And... um. She arrives just to in the nick of time to give the uh, exact wrong idea, um, and uh, then Nancy and Gordon are fired for a very good reason. Yeah, I, I wrote like they both lost their jobs. I mean, rightfully so, but still, yeah, you know, they just like they were incredibly irresponsible, and now, uh, and now Joey's in a coma, so. 
it, it's not like they could just claim, oh, we were just trying some, you know, nice hypnotherapy to try to get the kids over or whatever. No, Joey's in a coma, so there are very big consequences for their, their sort of slapdash plan. At this point, where, you know, like, you, you were fired for a really good reason, Dr. Sims just went over your head, and, uh, you know, but still, like... They, they they were doing their best. Yes, yes, they were. Well, they, I mean, it, we as the audience knows they were doing their best, but it's hard to blame. Even though everyone hates uh, Doctor Sims, it's hard to blame her um, uh, for her uh, actions here. And she's just basically like she gives it straight to Gordon. She's just like, okay, well, you know you brought this on yourself so bye and um and and that's about that's about it for uh, for that but gordo does have time to clean out his desk i assume nancy doesn't need to because she uh, just there got like, there yeah like three days not enough to bring shit in fired after three days She'll never work in this town again. But I like the fact that Gordo is putting away pictures and he just happens to have a picture with the two dead kids. Like, the two kids who have died so far. Not the kid who cut his eyes out, because we never go back to talk about that dude. But uh, he just so happens to have uh, the, two, the two victims of this movie in a picture with him. So he's like, oh, I just remember that thing that happened two days ago. But I, all of this getting watching Gordo pack up his shit is so that way we can see um, he can see Sister Mary Helen in the tower that Philip jumped off of. Yeah, yeah, we get. Uh, this is when things like I feel like this movie was supposed to be three hours long, um, and they just like slice the shit out of it. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> um, but because he goes after he like he sees the nun in the bell tower and he's immediately like sister sister <laughs> he's just like freaks out he he runs outside is bashing open a door with a rock very loud and and then he goes up into the bell tower which from the outside looks fine and new but on the inside is completely dilapidated and at this point i was like where are the did he go into the dream world? Like, where the fuck is he? Um, and I was fully expecting, like, the nun, uh, the sister, not to be there. Um, and it to be a Freddy trick. But no, she's there. And... Yeah, it's origin ahead. time. That's why. Yep, it's she's an exposition ghost. Yep. <laughs> That's what I'm calling her. Yeah, no, he's, uh, she, she's there to... Uh, she has a lot of... I, I like uh, I like one of her lines was that this was purgatory built by the hands of men. I like that line. Yeah, so this was a condemned part of the hospital that we did not address before this. This might be featured in some of the previous movies, I don't remember. Mm-mm. But in this instance, it's just sort of like, oh yeah, this, this place that you've been spending the entire movie at, oh, BTW, there's an entire wing that has been condemned for the last, what, 30, 40 years or something? 50 years? Yeah, um, it's like 50 and, at that point. Yeah, and so we are, 
we are given the uh, origin story of Freddy, and it is terrible. I mean, not yeah. bad, but it is like horrifying. Yeah, this this is a uh, this is you find out. Uh, man, I don't even want to really. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, yeah, but um, he Freddy is the the spawn of like thousands of insane criminals <laughs> yeah he's like, like a, a cocktail of thousands of criminally insane not thousands but it's hundreds like right they 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 she 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 put emphasis on that pretty much like his mom amanda krueger was attacked in this portion and yeah he is the bastard son of a hundred psychos or something like that and yeah uh, so just a a true well i mean it kind of gives you some sort of texture about how um uh, freddy is able to 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 sort of pull this stuff off um but hot hot darn if it isn't the worst (laughs) The only other part that ever really touches on Freddy's origins was actually from... Do you remember the TV show Freddy's Nightmare? No. Yeah, so Freddy's Nightmare was, like, for all those listening who's never known, some of these characters were so popular. Like, Jason was so popular, he had... There was Friday the 13th, the series, that had nothing to do about jason but it was just yeah he was so popular they didn't put him in the the movie or sorry the tv show that carried his namesake (laughs) yeah it was just like the disappointment right like just a bunch of creepy curios freddy's nightmares were just like these terrible frightening stories that was hosted by freddy krueger so robert england would host them and the very first episode is freddy's origins so, like, you can kind of see everything that gets up to that point, including the trial. Just throwing hmm. that little bit of tri- trivia out there. You, I think it's on that YouTube if you ever want to watch it. I would say it's the best of those episodes, uh, still given the content. Uh, sure. I mean, I mean, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't last. It's not like uh, Tales from the Crypt, which is obviously was borrowing the format from in san francisco they were on like channel 20 so like not even cable it was like on coffee right and you watch them but anyway this is just kind of like rounds out freddy's origins and i was just like okay i mean we didn't really need this but this is really just kind of setting up for a reveal a little bit later on Um, yeah because i think the key takeaway from this interaction is that she informs gordo that he must be buried on hollowed ground and uh after you know uh, gordo's like hollow ground and uh we we see his his the anchor that was science is 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 being further eroded um remember she says that fucking line if your only faith is science doctor it may be you who is laid to rest yep yeah again the anti-science message in this uh in this film is clear um and uh what happens next is i think can only best be described as freddie sending a text um, yeah. Because as as Nancy, I guess who is still allowed to be in the hospital, is For watching over 
a comatose Joey, um, a message to her uh, is sliced um, sort of by a spectral blade into Joey's chest very deeply, very disgustingly. Actually, if I was like, the last person who saw her was Nancy. You know what was written on his fucking chest? We gotta arrest her quickly. She's the one murdering these children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she did this. She was the only one in the room. She's the only one in this um, room. Like, but yeah, carved his ass deep. Yeah, and so that gives fresh urgency to uh, to Nancy's um, to to what Nancy is doing, and uh, Gordo is just fully going. He's abandoned science fully at this point, and he's just going on what I'm going to call a nun quest. He's got a Fair. sweet quest from the nun, and yeah. uh, oh, Nancy, you know, the problem is, yes, Freddy exists in the dream world, but his remains are somewhere in the real world, but nobody knows where, uh, or so we think, but Nancy knows someone who knows exactly where those bones are buried. Yep. And then that was a real quick combo in the car. Then we see. Yeah, there's like, all right, we're going to the. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, like, and then we get a quick shot back of the hospital, and Kristen is rif- rightfully upset that they took away the only doctor who had any choice, chance of actually helping them. And Dr. Sims does not know how to handle this. <laughs> yeah, she is in over her head. And, yep, because. Um, yeah, she's having a. Uh, Kristen is. I mean, Patricia Arquette is having just like is having a very believable, very raw emotional scene, and uh, and this is just to show us how in over her head uh, Doctor Sims truly is. Yep, and uh, she's just pretty much ordering to have her sedated. Yep. <laughs> Again, um, yeah, she's a big fan of the Ramones, and she definitely uh, is. Yeah, and, and she wants Kristen to be sedated. I'm sure Dr. Sims goes back to her office and she gets uh, she gets a little bit of that. Something from Mommy. It's like, hook it up to my veins. Give me some of that <laughs> crushed up hypnocell. Then I saw this kid drinking Diet Coke and dehydrated coffee. That's going to give me <laughs> such a rush. Munching on that Folgers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah disgusting uh but so uh, next scene uh, we get to a little another little cameo from earlier in the series uh nancy's dad doctor or doctor <laughs> sergeant or security guard thompson yeah i wrote uh it's fun i crack myself up sometimes i wrote my note here was enter the saxon <laughs> yeah yeah He's uh he's a he mess. has hit rock fucking bottom. Yeah, he's a fucking mess. I, I mean, right He's no so. longer the sheriff. He's a security guard. Yeah, so you, but the security guard uniform looks very much like a police uniform, so he's got yeah, that going I for him. I had to really look at that patch. Yeah. He yeah, he's a fucking mess. But you know, rightfully so, his daughter didn't really talk to him. His wife, who you kind of get was like estranged at the time, like they were together, but things were on the rocks. Um, even before all this shit went down, 
And then, uh, obviously, a person hanging themselves and all those kids dying on his watch. He wasn't going to be long for his job. Yeah, I think that's the that makes sense. Um, but yeah, he is. Uh, they find him in a uh, curled up in the bottom of a bottle, um, and he is not being very helpful. He claims not to even remember where. He doesn't really believe that uh, Kruger's back, even though everything he went through with his daughter, he is not open to this either. Just continuing the the trend of sort of titrary characters not being, uh, not believing anybody about anything, even though this has been going on for, this is the third movie, for goodness sakes. Um, but she's not having it, or sorry, he's not having it. And so Gordo and Nancy leave the bar um but Gordo gets a page and apparently um they just uh they just all the kids just have Gordo's pager number at the ready and are able to call him any time of night well, I mean he went picnicking with a few of them so maybe he was that type of doctor he's still bad yeah, he but at least he was accessible yeah, he certainly, he certain. Yeah, he's 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 given him their his home or his his emergency pager, and he, and he he's he's put it in the work. I guess we could say for him, but, um, that's when we get a call from Taryn. Yeah, he, uh, he calls Taryn. I thought right. He calls paper, the right? hospital back, and it's it's Taryn there at the phone. Yeah, and, he's uh, all doped up. She's not gonna be up for long. Yeah, she's 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 uh, calling to warn them that um, Kristen's been put in the quiet room, and uh, she'll be asleep any moment. So Gordo and Nancy split up. Nancy's going back to the hospital. Gordo is gonna be a real tough guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I wrote. Yeah, is acting tough, but I would. My note: He is acting tough, but I would not have messed with the Saxon. At no point nope. do I call him, <laughs> call him by his character's name. <laughs> uh, but first, uh, Gordo has a little stop to make. He's going yeah. to go into a church and uh, steal some stuff. Some holy water and a cross. Yeah, like you do. Yeah, and he gets caught by the priest and the, the priest is like, what are you doing? He's like, I need this. Here, here, take my driver's license. You can have a driver's license. And the look on the priest's face is also is is my is is my reaction as well because I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you just, the the priest is like, what am I gonna do with this? <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, you hope you bring that cross back, and you can't bring holy water back. And uh, yeah, this was weird. I was like, I don't think I'd go into a church stealing things. No, not if you want uh, the G.O.D. on your side, I think. Um, yeah. Stealing things from a church probably isn't the best way to do it, but... Might be frowned um, upon, you think? Maybe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we're back at the hospital now, and um, Max uh, continues to be a really cool guy. Maybe too cool. <laughs> He's he really... He's just like, hey, look, you showed up, and my kids just have started dying. These kids I'm looking after, and so maybe you don't get to like have 15 minutes with them. But then he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And then, yeah, so Nancy grabs the rest of the kids because they're going to have their last group. While, uh, yeah, but not before we're... Um, not before we are introduced to the Freddy's final resting place. Um, Gordo and uh, the Saxon uh, arrive in... Uh, in, in Gordon's terrible car to the junkyard, and uh, they explain that basically the uh, his his body, the remains of Freddy, are buried deep within the junkyard because they figured who's coming to the junkyard and going to the to the dead center of it and looking for this classic Cadillac <laughs> that would be a huge collector's item and would definitely be. Um, scouted by somebody, but we don't know that yet. We just know that it's in a junkyard because then we go back to the group. Um, here's the funny thing I thought when we get to that the scene in group. They uh, Nancy observes the straight talk only ritual, <laughs> which I think at this point you can probably skip the pleasant, pleasantries. Uh, you're about to, to, to have a mass hallucination and fight a demon in your dreams. I think it's it's uh it's as straight as the talk gets i think yeah i mean that's probably the one extra caveat normal straight talk was just you know be truthful don't hold back this one is uh be truthful don't hold back by the way if you die in your dreams you're gonna die in real life (laughs) be truthful don't hold back also knife attack (laughs) (laughs) oh i've been shanked why (laughs) My powers um, of being bad and beautiful did nothing. <laughs> and then Nancy's like, let's do that thing we did before, but hope it's different this time. Yeah, I mean, they did the group hypnosis, um, and they did it. And Well, what? this is what's funny. It's like, what are the rules of Kristen's power? A, they, they, they time their hypnosis and falling asleep exactly to uh when Kristen falls asleep and then b how are they able to like remote activate her power i don't know the the rules of this makes no sense um but i guess they're able to pull themselves into Kristen's dream even though that's something that she needs to do um but cool i guess (laughs) yeah that's why this is another reason why i have problems with their powers i just think there should be if you if these kids you fall asleep you're all in the same shared dream world they could have connected it that way or uh, maybe because they knew each other that that would bring them together that way Uh, but i mean i guess it worked but it, it didn't work for them for so long because I mean, like the no. minute they got there, fucking Freddy started fucking with them. Oh yeah, yeah. She's he's already there, and he's and he's there. I said, where's the fucking bourbon? You should listen to your mother. God damn it, Kristen! You ruin everything. Every time I bring a man home, you spoil it. You know what your shrink says? You're just trying to get a little attention. <laughs> So, I thought Where's this was the like fucking bourbon. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was great because he basically just he uses what happened earlier to terrorize. Like he doesn't, he's not like exaggerating anything. He's like, "Hey, your mom sucks," 
and she's bringing home this cavalcade of dudes who are who seem abusive and terrible so um that's terrible for her (laughs) um but we don't stick with her for that long you know she's being terrorized we know that but um we switch back to taryn and now she's got her dream powers back she's got that sweet mohawk and two knives yeah and they're in a alleyway right like she yeah. well she's like she's in the house but she walks through a door she ends up like in this alleyway and freddy's like fucking with her with a sign that says you know taryn plus freddy and you're like yeah that's right. behind her and then she does like a he does a home homeless guy fake out like a homeless guy gets up and you think for sure that's gonna be freddy uh but it's not there's also like a literal hole in the wall that says jake's bar um this is like obviously a set it's a very set set it feels small and built on a sound stage but um with that uh, homeless guy fake out uh it's time to have like a it's time for her to fight back and and it turns out that not only does she have two knives She's very good at using them. Yeah, this this was a, uh, I, I, I mean, look, I wish, look, I wish the knives were bigger, right? Because it's just like it's yes. two like switchblades versus you know, the famed, uh, Freddy's gloved hand. So you're like, okay, well she's bad. Like, yeah, give me some like kukris or something like you know like machetes or something, or axes. That would have been metal. Um, but yeah, something. they have like yeah, they have like this knife fight, and you know she even stabs him. Well, you know, a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, shaking, bobbing, and weaving, and stuff like that. But um, it, that doesn't very last long in Freddy's world. Like, um, it, it, it. I mean, it's a cool fight to the point where she gets knocked up against the wall. Yeah, yeah, and she gets knocked up against the wall, and uh, and Freddy's got uh, a little message for her. Why should we fight? We're old friends, you and I. Remember? Let's get hot. Right. Um, so yeah, we we uh, his fingers turn into syringes, and uh, Freddy says, "Let's get high," and stabs all of them into her. Yeah. Oh, what a rush! And uh, yes, I you know though I'm gonna say something. I think the effects, like the 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 the, the parts that you could hear in the the clip. With the or like her old yeah. like heroin like her old needle marks like becoming little mouths like craving mm-hmm. this, it's pretty. That's pretty disturbing in this this one, and you know that's definitely one of her, her biggest fears breaking her sobriety from this point, and he just is totally using that against her. Uh, yeah, it was it was actually pretty incredible. Um, yeah. a, a cool effect and a very sad kill. It was a very, it was a very like, 
it really like this character we've seen how far they've come um even in the sort of like limited interactions we've been given as uh, the audience and to see her sort of be forcibly uh, dragged back into this life that she fought so hard to get away from was i thought was pretty sad <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a cool kill but it's also kind of depressing yeah I agree but we don't even have and all the- I, you know what like <laughs> like all of these kids like none of these powers are amounting to, to jack or shit yeah well i mean i think we're given a little reason why um why this none of these powers are working um a little bit later just i mean just like a few minutes later they just kind of go into it um but yeah none of their powers are working like i mean next we run into will Mm -hmm. and And yeah he's just in a hallway yeah this part i was just like maybe they just ran out of set money or something like they're like okay (laughs) you're gonna stand in this hallway uh freddie's laughing at him and then like we see the wickedest looking wheelchair just show up like on the opposite end of will all with spikes and shit will you look tired have a seat no thanks i'm fine just the way i am for now maybe but when you wake up it's back in the saddle again for you kid <laughs> so why the fuck did Freddy's voice change yeah, he he goes through several sort of modulations in this movie um but uh yeah just taunting him that he uh when he wakes up uh he'll have to be uh, bound or in the chair again and uh and then just like just relentless chair punts <laughs> it's back in the saddle it's the chair for you kid yeah, he did, well, I mean, it's not a Freddy movie without him being punny. Like, that's where he went yes. to, just from being creepy and just, you know, uh, toying with his food to telling bad dad jokes. Yeah. Um, really bad and, dad jokes. Yeah, and Will, and just like uh, Taryn, Will is given an opportunity to fight back a little bit he uh after sort of diving out of the way of this uh, homicidal uh wheelchair that is filled with spikes and blades um he 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 comes back up and he's got a cape and cowl um and he looks like a real wizard and he's got green magic bolts and he's uh he's setting to work on on freddy but you know Freddie just likes to go along with things. I think he doesn't. He's never in any real danger from these attacks because uh, what initially looks like a very powerful dream power uh, turns out to be nothing more than a light show because Freddie doesn't believe in magic, which is really weird. Like if you really think about it, like, we don't know yep, Freddie because what do you think he's doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a vengeful spirit who likes to go into your dreams, but I don't believe in magic. <laughs> what do you do then? Um, it's more like group a delusion? psychic thing. <laughs> group, delusion. group delusions? Bye! 
<laughs> Try Hypnosil, babe. Um, <laughs> what if he owned Hypnosil? <laughs> yeah. Just like this weird convoluted way for him to make money. Yeah. Oh, advertisement for Hypnosil. <laughs> Try it. May give you bad dreams. <laughs> Wait, isn't that supposed to so never mind? But yeah, Will gets fucking taken out by Freddy. Just stabbed. Like, just, yep. just stabbed. The Loric, the Prince of the L spell, did jack shit. Yeah, he, uh, he, in a kind of a, maybe, I, I wouldn't say the most brutal and personal kill in the, in the movie. He just picks him up, um, cause he's just kind of a scrawny little dude. He picks him up by the, like, the throat and just stabs him slowly through the gut. It is a terrible way to go. Yeah, not fun. Not fun. No, not at all. Um, so uh, then everyone kind of the rest the the survivors the people who are surviving, which is Nancy, Kristen, and Kincaid, uh, meet up. Um, at first, you think it might be a bait and switch, but no. Nancy, uh, they kind of run into each other in this nice room and. Uh, and they think maybe Freddy might have found him, but no, it's Kincaid. He's just bursting through the wall. Dressed like a Apparently, dollar store. Mr. T. Yeah, he's like, uh, mm, I could go through the door, but I'll just break through the wall. Looking like Duke Nukem. Yeah. I gotta kick ass and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> He's just, he's wearing the same sort of like uh suspenders and uh red um uh, red uh, tank top. Although now that I'm thinking about it, does Duke Nukem have suspenders? No. Oh, well, no, he has a belt, probably, doesn't he? Yeah, they're belt. Uh, if they're suspenders, they're only keeping like bullets on them or something. Right, it's like webbing or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. I don't I mean, I don't care. I'm not going to look it up, but I'm going to no. say I'm Okay, yeah, good looking yeah. out. Sure. Glad you looked it up. <laughs> um, Everyone's going to be like, what the fuck's wrong with these two? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I do but, like Kincaid insulting he, Kruger. Yeah, he's calling him out, um, and after he finishes sort of his call out, uh, a door appears, and I guess that's fine to go through. <laughs> Yeah. It's a scary door appears in Freddy's realm. You just walk right through. I mean, they don't really have a choice, right? They gotta save uh, Joey. Um, yeah. They and don't know what happened to the other two. Right, exactly. Um, so they have no choice but to take this uh, rickety spiral staircase straight to hell from uh, from what it looks like. Yes. Uh, and I, I like this, because as they're going straight to hell, we're then taking them to the most unexciting part right and we're back in the junkyard and <laughs> we got gordo and uh lieutenant rock bottom um uh looking for freddy's remains and they find it and it's in the back like i said of a really cool car there's got to be someone picking parts on that thing yeah it looks like no, a classic yeah there's no way that thing is going to be would have been left untouched also, it looks like it, they have like a Thunderdome style arena. It's like this cleared out area in the center of the junkyard, and it's just in one of those cars. I get what they were trying to do, but I think what you do is you do that, 
and then you bury the Cadillac. Yeah, I think probably you don't. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I'd have probably done the same. Just it, like I would have never even wanted someone to chance upon these things. So no, heavens no. <laughs> right, like granted, like because you'd be really wigged out. Because at, at this point, I mean, it means all those parents also committed murder. So, like, it would make you an accessory to a crime if all of a sudden they found these bones, did DNA testing, they obviously would have had Freddy Krueger's DNA on file. They'd be like, shit, this is what happened to Freddy Krueger? We couldn't find him. We know his warehouse yeah. burnt down, but we thought maybe he ran away. And then all, all these parents who are still alive all of a sudden getting arrested bad show exactly so yeah they um so yeah he needs to do a little bit better of a job hiding it but i guess in this case they're in luck um because they find the body but then we're cutting back to uh dream time and we're here in freddy's factory where it's all steam pipes and boilers all the time and guess what it's red as hell red lights everywhere it's scary yeah, I mean it's still well lit enough. Not that scary. Yeah, but what we find out is Joey's still alive and still There's in pretty much the same predicament, just being yeah. held above that hell mouth. Yep, he's a, he. It, it's funny. This one was almost like okay, they see Joey, they're ready to go, and then you're expecting Freddy to do something fantastical, whatever. But now he just kind of comes from around the corner. He's like. Hey. Yep. he's like i'm here yeah. i did the thing where i drag my claws against something steel and it makes sparks and it's bad sound um and then we get to see um yeah you know freddy's gonna drop into do a pit but he gives just enough time for nancy to get down there um and for Kristen to show off her awesome floor routine because she does a couple flips and does a double kick to freddy and ooh, it's effective yeah, kind of. Like, it's funny because she kicks him in the chest, and then you learn Freddy knows how to kip up. Like, he's also been taking martial arts classes in the dream world. Oh, yeah. He's got plenty of time in that dreamland. Yeah. Um, like, for a burnt dude, he's pretty spry. For a burnt dead oh, yeah. dude, he's very spry, actually. And, yeah, uh, and they're able to get him with a pole. Um,. But uh, they stab a pole through his gut. But, I mean, this is Freddy's house. What do you think? A little dream pole through his dream gut is going to kill him? No. Yeah, he just starts laughing at him. Yeah, because he's just like, hey, I'm stronger now. You guys didn't realize, but the souls of all these dead kids make me stronger. And he starts doing exactly what we've hoped for this whole movie. He's taking it off. Yeah. Let's see that burnt chest. Bum, oh, bum, it's filled bum, with quattos. Yeah, I I think this prosthetic actually looks really good. Like, it looks cool. It yeah. is creepy as shit. Cause yeah, it's like these all these little faces of the like the the souls of the kids like screaming on his chest, and they're just like Arr! like. Oh, yeah, creepy. I like that. But, 
But as he's, you know, now bearing his chest to them, he, he, like he's like, uh oh, something's yeah, happening. Just I'll a, be back. Yeah, he he's about to like finish them off, but vanishes, and uh, and then we're back at the party at the junkyard. Um, and so we know Freddy's coming back to the real world. Apparently, something he could always do. Um, because uh, the cr- the cars are going nuts, beep beep beep, and a lot of lights are flashing. Um, and guess what? Here comes a Ray Harryhausen skeleton from uh, Clash of the Titans. <laughs> from- yeah, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, <laughs> because that's all I could think of the whole time when I saw this thing. It's the, uh, my notes. <laughs> yep. Same thing, which is like Clash of the Titan, Freddy. Starts attacking uh, uh, Gordo and the Saxon. Yeah, the um, Saxon's like, I killed you once, and then immediately die- gets killed. Yeah, it gets thrown into like the biggest piece of like salvage shrapnel I've ever seen. Oh yeah, there's a big piece of uh, Nancy's dad killing metal, just ready for him to be thrown on. Yeah, and then this fucking skeleton like knows how to fight too. So so all that dream kata training worked. Because he, the skeleton, I love it, grabs the shovel and just beats Gordon's ass with it. Yeah. Like, beats Gordon's ass, shoves him into the pit that they were digging to bury uh, Freddy's remains in, and then just does two shovelfuls of dirt onto him and vanishes. Can't be bothered to, to stay and, and see this through. Yeah, the skeleton's like, ah, 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just <laughs> vanishes, and you're like, well, I. I you know, I think the kids are trapped in your dream world, so I think you can just kind of stay and maybe shove that, you know, uh, shovel through the guy's face or just do something to, to ensure the fact that what happens next won't happen. But no, uh, you know, Freddy's not much of a planner. Um, and and uh, yeah, he's back to the dream world. Yep. And back to a very creepy hall of mirrors. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I don't know if you're not in the dream world with when Freddy's there. Like, can you walk around freely? Because if I would have saw this room, I would have immediately walked out of it before I would have yeah. walked further <laughs> yeah. into this room. <laughs> No, yeah, they're fine. They go down a hall of mirrors, uh, and of course, um, Freddy appears in all of them because it's his house. So of course he does. So he's like doing a bunch of gross tongue stuff, and he's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> it's like a bunch of really off-putting Freddy business. Yeah, you know, like it, it's classic Freddy. Uh, so, you know, because obviously, you know, you're not just seeing his images because then he starts coming out of the mirrors from different places, pulling the everyone into the mirrors, take, uh, trying to split them up. And Joey, being the coward that he is, um, <laughs> is just cowering in the corner. But, like, you know, it's like there's a bunch of foreshadowing. We obviously know what Joey's power is going to be. Um he can scream yep joey yells real loud and all the yeah. mirrors break and nancy's like it's over <laughs> yes yeah, it's just like that was it Dude, that's you sure it was it wasn't that easy when you fought him you took him into your house and had the home alone that shit 
and then he still exactly. he still attacked your mother and burnt her to death and then took her soul to hell or whatever the hell happened in that you think breaking a few mirrors is going to be the thing that stops him yeah so he's like she uh, you know has no evidence and it's just like we're finally through it's all over and then in a really really hilariously corny and i think it's probably meant to be this corny like her dad floats down in like a sparkling like uh wreath of light um and uh and uh and it's like i've crossed over and she is understandably confused because as far as she knows that last time that she saw her dad he was not gonna help she doesn't know gordo went back there and and strong-armed her dad into 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 finding uh freddy's uh, remains so she's just like what you're dead <laughs> and he's like yep I'm sorry for all the things I did. I couldn't leave without saying goodbye. And then, of course, it's Freddy, and he stabs her. Yeah, I hated this. I was hoping she'd get out of this one. This is so stupid. Just a cutout picture of her dad, like, uh, animated, like, flash animated from the top corner of the of this frame. <laughs> sprinkly sprinkly do i'm going to heaven now yeah they always poochie this shit with some of these effects just feels like they're sliding the thing out of frame or moving the thing into frame and uh yeah i i i I remember the first time i saw this it disappointed me because i like nancy as a character yeah well it's just nice to have that connection like she's she survived the first movie and did awesome like she really stood up against freddy and she helped all these kids and then just kind of gets unceremoniously stabbed in the gut and you know tricked by the image of her dad who just in previously she like hated so it's hard to yeah that this part was kind of i w- i had hoped for a better death for her because what i think what the kind of final injustice is for her character is that gordon is the one who really saves the day he you know he he wakes back up and uh, realizes what happened freddie abandoned the bones so he's just able to kick those into the hole and then um you know starts uh pouring holy water sort of like splashing it on him in a very sort of uh catholic priest kind of way um and uh yeah and then like burns his head with a crucifix and and it's a really cool sort of uh effect because we get to we cut back and forth from that scene and the dream world and we see freddy sort of like get splashed by water uh, and like that the water creates these like blinding light holes in him yeah, he's uh he's obviously hurting and then yeah the crucifix on his skull like burns and projects that light too yeah i, I thought that was all right yeah it was cool i just wish uh nancy would have been the one to do it and how cool would that have been um yeah. to have her with her dad sort of like putting freddy to rest and also sort of having that moment together but nope that's not what we get yeah now what we get yeah we get this garbage ending yep yep we get uh 
Yep, we get the cool ending, and then, and then, just, like, we don't even get a moment to process all this crazy shit, because it's just smash cut to the funeral for Nancy. Um, and Gordon is at another second funeral this week, I think. (laughs) Yep, fucking second funeral. Um, I mean, I guess in one instance, three of the kids survived. So uh, the the survival rates of uh, Freddy movies are uh, exponentially higher. Spoiler alert: they don't make it through the second one or the fourth movie, but uh, <laughs> at least they made it through <laughs> yeah. one of them. Um, uh, and then you know uh, we we see uh, during the last rites, uh, Sister Helen Mary walks by doing her Batman effect. And Gordon, you know, he's not respectful Gordon at any fucking funeral. Runs away from the the funeral. There's like a long, uh, like the this they really stay on this priest and his his sort of the final uh, rites that he's giving Nancy. But the minute the priest that nun shows up, Gordon just basically like pushes people to the ground and like runs away. <laughs> yeah, he's like twenty three skidoo. He's like, get the fuck! Oh, guys, saw that nun. Yeah, and this is like uh, this is supposed to be like a huge reveal. I feel like, but after everything that's happened, it seems kind of I don't know unearned or something. Um, Sister Helen Mary, who we find out when he runs around and sees a tombstone, was Amanda Kruger. It was, and he's like. Because she's gone. He's not actually talking to anybody, but he goes like, you were his mom the whole time. And it's like, all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we all knew that. You should have known that, too. Like, We knew she was a ghost, so why is this a huge reveal? And um, the movie's not done with these huge reveals because (laughs) we cut to Gordon sleeping way more soundly than he has any right to. He should be... He should be just up at night, unable to sleep because of all the, 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 the death and uh, horrific shit that he has gone on under his watch. But he is sleeping like a little baby. He's got Nancy's doll, the house, the dollhouse of Nancy's old house that Kristen made up on the shelf. And, uh, yep, uh, we're next to his dream doll that he introduced earlier and uh you know as the movie winds to a close dun 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 unlight in the attic turns on what does it mean yeah i don't know seriously what does it mean oh well i can tell you um right i mean i I can tell you movie that comes after this well, but that's the that's not the way it was supposed to be. Uh, the The original ending was that Nancy does die, but Nancy um, was going to be the one who stopped, like Kruger, protecting mm-hmm. them from Kruger. So the light in the house wasn't meant to be Kruger; it was meant to be Nancy. Like she is watching over him while he slept. Yeah, I, but that the, all got gutted. So, yeah, right. you just allude that this is just Kruger still alive. Yeah, I guess that's what it, that's what's so confusing is it's so ambiguous. It could be either or, um, but it does seem like the way he is sleeping, how 
like how comfortably he's sleeping it does suggest that that's nancy so it's uh anyway that's it and the movie's over and and then we get this uh, amazing dream warriors hair metal by uh dokken dokken yep dokken dokken dream warriors <laughs> they also did, yeah. They did. Uh, they also did. Uh, Into the fire was the other song you heard. Well, depending on where you watched it, you might have gotten a different song altogether. But they were the ones that were like Into the fire. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, and that's it. That's the that's a wrap for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three. Dream Warriors. So, John, as we always do when we uh, explore these movies of our past, would you give this the pop scares you recommend? Yeah. I would. Like, if there are a lot of, like, questionable things about it, and obviously, you know, we do this to... uh, rag on things from time to time but out of like if you are uh taking a tour on uh, through horror like street or down you know horror lane i think some of the nightmare on elm street movies are definitely worth your time and i think dream warriors is one of them um like i think the first one's one of them the third one's one of them and then you know yeah you could take your pick over a few uh, um yeah i think that there are i think in general i agree with you um there are some cool effects in here uh the the pacing is pretty good it moves along uh pretty quickly and um uh there's some good like freddy lines in this movie um that being said I like the first one a lot more, and so if you're new to the series at all, or like 100%, I would say just watch the first one, kind of see how you feel about it. If you love the Kruger character and you want to see more of him, then yeah, skip to three, and uh, then I would say give, uh, after three, maybe give um, New uh, Nightmare. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Yeah, New Nightmare. Yeah, like give that a try um because i think that has nancy in it as well spoiler alert and uh like i said i really enjoyed the metatextual um sort of story tries that that takes and and i guess what we're doing is we're or at least i am i'm recommending the west craven nightmares um yeah the ones that he's personally worked on the exactly yeah the 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 other ones are kind of what they are um there's a point where freddy really just kind of becomes a, a character of a character um you know and you're just really expecting to see what silly shit he does next and uh, this still kind of maintains a little bit of that edge to it but later on it starts to get really silly and yeah yeah i wouldn't be like you need to rush out and see those but the first one for sure um you know just give just remember if you've never seen them it was filmed in 1984 so there are some things you need the uh you should 
probably forgive for it, but I, I, I really enjoy the first one. And I really enjoyed Dream Warriors. I thought that was a good call on your part to uh, start with this one. Yeah, mean, yeah, I just remembered. I like all the powers. I like the fact that the kids get a little bit of an opportunity to, uh, opportunity to uh, fight back. Um, but yeah, it's hard to argue with how uh magnetic and interesting robert england is in the character he brings so much to the he is freddy and i think when you saw that remake not i mean story problems aside and the changes the bad changes they made aside um the bottom line is without robert england there isn't a freddy i don't think and they kind of go hand in hand and i don't think the character is is strong enough to survive without without him playing it so yeah they, um, they tried that they tried it in two yeah. they right. they know like they literally in two just real quick he aside, possesses uh, some some dingleberry yeah but the 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 actor who was under the freddy makeup for some of the earlier shots was not robert england it was they were just like it's not you're not it we don't need to pay you more that you're asking for um we'll just get some stunt guy put him in makeup that's what they do with like the freddy uh, excuse me the jasons and the halloween so we don't need to give you that money but then they noticed that no freddy unlike those other characters is a character and you know he has special mannerisms and how he moved so the guy just wasn't behaving like Freddy Krueger, and he couldn't imitate that. So they went and got Robert England to reprise the role and paid him his money. And it shows. Like, he he's the fun part of these movies, and, um, and he really brings the character to life. Yeah, so I would say... If you're, I mean, if you're familiar with the Freddy uh, movies, you already have an opinion on them. Um, if you haven't seen three and you're a fan, totally check three out. If you haven't seen any of the movies, don't start at three. Start at one, skip two, and go directly to three. Um, so, yeah, I, I would also say... Uh, sounds... Uh, yeah, I would also say recommends with those caveats... Um, and another a trigger warning that uh, this this film deals a lot with suicide. So if that's something that is a trigger for you, then I would not uh, recommend it. And on that topic, um, we did a lot of we made a lot of fun jokes and uh, had a lot of fun talking about this movie. Um, but obviously, the suicide and suicidal ideation is something that a lot of people out there suffer with every day. And uh, we at Pop Saga want to tell you that you're not alone, you're loved. And if you're having issues and, and you feel like you need someone to talk to, you can always reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And that number is 1 800 273 8255. Uh, 1-800-273-8255 and uh, they are open 24 hours and uh, offer services in English and Spanish so um, just want to put that out there because while watching movies uh, is is fun and funny and, and so is talking about with friends um, there's nothing funny about suicide so um, yeah not to uh not to close up on a serious note, but, you know, this is a reality for a lot of people, so 
Um, so, uh, what are we watching next week, John? What is, uh, what's up next on the old Pop Scares Ya docket? Alright, here it comes. I'm gonna do it. Okay. Double that's right. Gum. Yeah, that's right. We're watching fucking uh, Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman. No. <laughs> we are going to be watching uh, that. That will be a fun watch. We should do that one day. I love that movie. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Tootsie's uh, uh, mm, Well, yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. It's oh, a fun movie. Anyway, we will be doing Friday the 13th, part four, the final right. chapter. That's right. We're going to talk about uh, part four, starring uh, Corey Feldman and um, Crispin Glover is also in that one. Really looking forward to uh, to revisiting that that weird chapter in uh, in the in the Friday the Thirteenth uh, um, saga. Yeah, I can't wait. Like I said, I have a, I have a Jason mask that pokes up over my monitor. And I have a little Jason that sits uh, behind another monitor that kind of just, uh, if I peek over, he's staring at me. So, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. That's going to be a blast. Yep. Um, so, uh, from me and John to all of you, as always, we wish that you ha- stay happy, you stay healthy, and we'll see you next week for another spooky episode. <laughs> Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies A couple of nerds, but got style, we so cool Pop culture, talking new and old school, yeah You should know we love hip-hop from the roots Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch We giving you what you want, it don't get no liver Ain't no doubt we gotcha, this is Pop Saga, let's go Oh yeah, you heard right, this is a lifestyle Welcome to the nerd life Pop side.